is Coco Talk, the nation's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer, with your host, Mr. Gameplay Goodness himself, Stevie Strout. Dodger. All right, everybody. Greetings, hello, and welcome to the sixth annual or sixth weekly, whatever it is, <laughs> Coco Talk show. And I am greeted by a bevy of beauties here. Um, this is um, this is definitely state fair material here. We have uh, Nick Morentes, Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Neil Blanchard, Bruce Moore, Mark Overholzer, Rick Adams, Brett Gordon. Uh, Steve Noskowitz and John Linville. How are we, everybody? Doing good. Fine so far. <laughs> All right. This is a nice little turnout. And we have zero people watching us live right now. So that's good. Hello to all of you who are not watching us at the moment. I'm sure they'll be <laughs> tuning in just shortly. So, yeah, we have a topic, right? And what would that topic be? Coco Fest. Coco Fest. That's right. For those of us who are there, I'm sure we'll have some things to share, some memories, some fun things. Here comes Bill Noble, eh? Bill Noble's hey. coming in. How's it going, eh? Hey. Hey, Bill. All right. Complete with background noise. <laughs> what what show are we watching there? Days of Our Lives? <laughs> no, that's life. <laughs> days of Our Real well, so days Lives. Days of Your Lives. Days, then. Yeah, days, of our, days of Our Wives. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All days right. of Coco. All right. Well, who wants to start off and say something about Coco Fest? Not everybody wants. <laughs> Not everybody at once. Yeah. We're still it burned was out. A huge social talk. fest. A huge social fest. I have touched the heron. I've touched the heron. Was that Bruce? Oh Lord! Yes, sir. <laughs> Bruce touched the heron. We touched the heron. John's back. Okay. But so. did, did, did that get the heron's permission first? Is a question. Did, did we get the heron's permission first? It was. Yeah, all the heron contact was consensual. Oh, good. Uh, for those who weren't able to attend the fest, how many of us here in the call right now watched any of the live stream? Uh, I did. Okay, I Nick did. in Australia and uh, and Bill Noble in Canada. How was the stream? How was the picture quality? The audio quality was it was it okay? Yeah, yep. it was actually good. Okay, very good. For myself, I can say I still have, I wouldn't say even the Cocoa Fest Blues, I still have like a Cocoa Hangover because I'm literally exhausted still. And um, the time change and, and the sleep deprivation and just trying to get back to normal life and everything else, I'm still catching up a week later. But I almost feel like a uh, halfway normal person again. But yeah, I, I enjoyed Cocoa Fest. If we, had, if we had to pick a word, is it, if we use a binary, was it a zero or a one? I would say it was a one. So it was definitely a positive event for me. Have to agree. I'm I'm still exhausted too from 32 hours of driving oh, back yeah. in two days. No, so. no crap. Who who am I to complain? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did 23 hours driving the first day and then the rest on the second day. So that is crazy. That's quite a testament to your devotion to this computer. Or insanity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, okay. 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 Can it okay. be both? Yeah, exactly. I uh, insanely devoted. That, that that clip that you did of me, that the thing I, I I posted that up on my Facebook page, and I got one comment. 
from a, a good friend that just said geek, so I said underline. <laughs> so I said Sir Geek to you, commoner. That's Sir Geek. Yeah. <laughs> you, when it comes to geekdom, you have reached legendary status. So. Um. <laughs> yeah. Bow Hater. and enter and make me laugh, commoner. Yeah. Hate. Oh, oh, Steve, I have something I want to show you. Hold on one second. Where is it? All right. The the TDP 100 I got from you. Remember I said I couldn't get it to work? Oh, wow. I opened it up today and okay. I found I found this ROM chip in here. It says Scan Demo EX70. Does that look familiar to you at all? It's Not mine. It must have been one of the ones I got from whoops, one of the ones I got from work. So, I have no idea what that okay. is. Okay. It's very interesting because it's a ROM that's piggybacked on a thing that's piggybacked on a thing that fit in the wrong so socket. So, um, although you know, maybe that is mine. Son of a gun. That could be. That could be something. Yeah, it might be. I don't know. Whatever. Okay, it says scan so demo. Do a yeah. secret. Do a secret. in there. Do so a do a ROM dump. Send me a ROM dump. Maybe I can figure it out if it's mine. It oh, might I be have. Mine. I have no idea how to do that, but I'll mail it to you if you want it. I mean, that's, I, I pulled I pulled it out of the TDP, and that was prevent that was what was preventing it from booting. So I okay. pulled that out today, and that thing fired right up. So I'm very was happy that about a, that. Was that in the that must have been in the extended base yes. socket? Yeah, it was in the extended okay. socket. Yeah, I was wondering if maybe it was one of your uh, demo, like laser demos or something, just burnt on the ROM. So as soon as you turned it on, it just started running. Yes, since it said scan demo, it could have been. But since I have no more anything to show it, why well, give it to John Linville? He he can plug it in and see what it does. What it should do is boot and from the extended basic ROM socket and just start showing it with a projector and a and a D to A board plugged in, John. So you could you could tell what it is. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking actually. <laughs> Might be cool to do that. Okay, I'll be happy to send that off to Mr. Linville. So Solve the mystery. Uh, so, if we had to pick a single thing, a cherished moment or memory from CocoFest, what, what comes to each of your minds? And I'll save mine for the end. Well, I would say uh, finding that bug, if you remember that. That was probably <laughs> a, a good point. That was. That was great. That was definitely a, a fun also, thing to watch. The talk was fun. Oh, it was. Yeah, I, I was going to mention the keynote. That was that was my favorite. I think the problem with <laughs> mentioning a favorite is then you you yeah. are almost saying that nothing else compared, and it's just not fair. It's like trying to pick a favorite child, you know, although on some days it's an easier decision than others. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, there were so many good things. Yeah, the keynote was great. Um, it, you know, when we, when we talk about the Cocoa Fest blues, um, it is the, the lack of the, of the human connection probably is what we're missing, too. The, like, like what David said earlier, the social, it was a huge social festival. So um, what, was the, what was the single best part about Cocoa Fest? The fact that there were over 70 people there, I'd have to say. That's pretty insane. Do we have official numbers yet? Or? Uh, I got something from John Mark Mobley. He said 72 was the number of uh, registered people okay because i remember they said that we had 70 on saturday and there was definitely some new faces on sunday more than two so i'm wondering if that's accurate yeah well i guess that's as far as pe people whose names they got on paper so there might be some that just kind of came in that didn't register or something who knows so it, it i mean it felt it felt full to me it felt like there was you know no matter where you were you were rubbing elbows and and, and you know nudging shoulders there was there was a lot of people in all the rooms and there was a lot there was a lot going on so um 
it, it didn't feel like there was uh, any absence of of people. Put it that way. Yeah. I do not have the blues, but I do have regrets. Regrets. Uh, number regrets. Number one is next time I will stay three nights, not just two, because mm-hmm. I had to leave. You know, I believed the schedule. I just looked at the schedule. It says, well, it ends at three. Okay, great. I'll get a, a, a flight that starts at, at, at five. That'll give me two hours to get to the airport. So the, the auction was still going on. And I was sort of had to stand up and, you know, drag my uh, luggage off and say, well, bye, guys. <laughs> and, you know, and you guys were still going. So next time, one more night. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I, we were kind and then of... The, uh, prepped for that by listening to the podcast too they did suggest if you could stay sunday um Mm -hmm. to do that yep next time and then my other big regret is i didn't get to talk to boise pete more because we go way back you know back Ah. to to delphi and the delphi days and uh you know i've i've known him as boise on delphi forever so you know i i basically got to uh uh, shake his hand when we first came in, and uh, shake his hand on the way out, and that's that was pretty much our interaction. So I think I'd like a little bit more next time. Uh, where's Where's Grant? Is Grant Grant? Are you in the call? Did we lose Grant? Because Grant yeah. ch- Grant is chatting right now, but I don't see Grant in the call. Grant, what happened to you? Okay, the keynote with Rick. Okay, so Rick says the keynote with Rick and the Rainbow Data Mining. Rich, I totally agree with you. I will dive. I will drive up on Thursday and leave on Monday. Okay, um, that that was Grant. So Grant, we lost you in a Skype call. Come back if you can. Uh, just call back in. Yeah, staying Sunday is uh, takes a little pressure off of things, I think. Um, yeah. And then uh, I guess there has been a dinner, and uh, I know last year. It was Fuddruckers. This year we had a spontaneous suggestion to go to a German restaurant, and I was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. Never been to a German restaurant, so a handful of us went to that, and that was actually really good. <laughs> I wish Alan was here. Uh, I think it was, that was Alan and John, is it John John Robs? Is that his last name? Yeah. That suggested that? And that was really good. So a handful of us went there. John Strong was there. Um, so that was a definitely nice change of pace from, from a hamburger. <laughs> yeah, and plus we had the one-man band guy there, too. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was cool. Um, the auctions were good. I don't know. I, 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 to me, it seemed like the Saturday option, it, it seemed like a drug a little bit. It felt like it was the auction that wouldn't end. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> right. There wasn't a lot of good stuff in it on Saturday. And then some joker thought it'd be funny to put a, a bag full of used uh, printer cartridges in there. It, uh, oh, is that what that was? Is that a not, the, not, that... not humor that I share? Let's put it that way. Okay, was that a, that was a prank item? I guess. Apparently so. Okay. And um, you can hear me slamming stuff in the uh, in the view of that one. Nah, nah. Uh, that <laughs> Storm. I, I was actually concerned oh. during the oh. Saturday auction. I thought we were going to run out of things, but luckily things showed up on Sunday. Part, Mainly Steve. <laughs> part, part, part. Thanks to Steve with his traveling, <laughs> traveling roadshow of cocoa. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how many trucks good. did you bring? Uh, that was my question. <laughs> you, well, you know, you guys, you guys ought to be lucky. My dad used to do lectures for the local ham club many years ago, and uh, I mean, um, uh, 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 not lectures. Uh, <laughs> brain uh, auctions and some and the guys that don't donate stuff and if somebody would donate like a bag of parts 
he'd say, oh, I got a bag of parts here, and he'd, he'd fiddle through it, and he'd say, what's in the, you know, I got some resistors and compare. Okay, what am I offered for this bag? And he'd get him up to 10, 15, 20 bucks. The guy'd come up, put his 20 bucks on the table. He'd dump the context of the bag out, and he says, okay, here's your bag. Now what am I bid for the parts inside the bag? <laughs> Frank Patel's here. Hey, Frank. Frank was at the fest. Yeah, Frank said some of us went to Fuddruckers. Yeah, I went to Fuddruckers last year. Was fully planning on going to Fuddruckers, and it was literally like a lobby decision. Last minute. <laughs> Last minute lobby decision. Hey, you want to go get German food? I'm like, yeah, that sounds kind of cool. Um, what did you guys think about the barbecue? Just as good this year as last year? Yeah, it's pretty, right. pretty close. I, I liked it. Yeah. Saturday dinner. Yeah, well, I missed it. Dang it. Ah. It was definitely convenient to not have to, um, you know, leave, leave yeah. the premise to get food. That might be something to consider for future ones, too, is have more catered opportunities. I'm not sure how many people are interested in that. but Oh, wait, I was there for that. Okay, For, never mind. for the Saturday dinner? The barbecue? <laughs> yeah. I misunderstood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely convenient because everybody can still stay and visit, and you can go to table to table and say hi to mm-hmm. everybody. And yeah, yeah I, I hope I, I signed so. everything that people brought. Oh yeah, I have, I have, I have a few things to show off. So we'll talk about. Um, I'll show off some of my prized possessions. One of them would be the Rick Adams signed Temple of Rom cartridge. So very nice. I'm told my uh, handwriting is way too neat for a programmer. Yeah. yeah, that was me. It's that true. That was Curtis, yeah. This is good, too. Another cartridge. John Linville put this one together for us. Flood it. I got Evan Wright to sign this one. Nice packaging. Shrink wrap. The whole nine yards. I did a little video uh, preview on that one. That was pretty cool. Um, another one, too. Rick was signing stuff, so I brought in my sealed copy of Shanghai. Got that sign. And then definitely one, one of the crown jewels was I did end up getting one of the source code discs. So I do have one of the, the Shanghai source code discs also signed by Rick Adams. So uh, that is a treasured uh, thing that I'll hold on to forever. So that is pretty I have one of those two, same thing. Uh-huh. Ernest got me the, the data that was on all of those discs. Yeah. Uh, those that were auctioned off and then about four or five more that I have. Ah, uh, do, you, do you, need so me to, you need me to pull the data off of this one? Uh, no, no we, we got them have, all. You got them. We have it. Okay. So, uh, so I've been digging into all of that. And there, there are some discs that have things on it that I really don't have the wherewithal to figure out what's on it. But, uh, but I've been digging into the Shanghai ones and figuring out which ones were later ones than other ones. And uh, all the kind of fun stuff that's in there, the fun comments. And uh, uh, one of the discs has a list of bugs on it. So that's kind of fun. Uh, one of the bugs that they had was that there was no copy protection. Well, that bug never got fixed. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big copy protection fan. I understand the problem that it's trying to solve, and uh, you know, I, I agree, you know, I, I sympathize with that. But I'm not a big contradiction guy. So, and then I got to see all the comments about, you know, yeah, here's a message from my good friend, uh, you know, Don Hutchison, uh, with the uh, hi, Don, good to see you again. That message that <laughs> the guy was burning the ROMs, and uh, lots of little comments in there. So it's kind of fun. So I will probably in some way or form, be releasing that, that data so that people can dig through that. That's cool. That's cool. I was just going to show off one more thing. I didn't want to step on you while you were talking, but I also got the, oh, um, the uh, Sega Joypad adapter for the Coco 3, and this was used very heavily uh, to play Popstar Pilot at, uh, at the table using a Wyco controller, so 
Um, Pop Star Pilot also got to make its American debut at Coco Fest this year as well. And it was a good turnout for that. We had a lot of people playing Pop Star Pilot at the table, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, and you actually missed it when I made it to level five. I know. <laughs> and, yeah, and Nick, I... are you still on the call here? Uh, yep. Yep. Did you want to say anything about sales? Um, uh, up to you. No, I don't. Well, sales overall, you mean? Or either or. Well, Popstar Pilot, um, thanks to Steve, um, made a showing at the uh, fest. Um, well, it's a bit difficult for someone like me all the way on the other side of the globe to actually attend the fest. Um, but Steve uh, took it upon himself to um, uh, have the uh, packages manufactured in the US, and he had some there at the fest. And um, um, I think he sold half a dozen yeah, and or Bruce so. Bruce is showing it right now. Yeah, Bruce is showing his off. Yeah. Yeah, we right. sold we sold five five more five. copies, and then uh, we gave one to the auction. That's that, right. Yeah. That John got. John got the auction. Got John got the game and the shirt. Woo. Right. Yeah. So so that was good. I'm very thankful for that. Um, Popstar Pilot um, to date has sold um, eighty copies. Nice. So it's been a, a very um, it's been successful for a computer that's. A dead computer, you could say. It sold <laughs> quite well, and um, I think I think that shows that there is a bit of a market there for anyone who's prepared to sit down and do the work to create a really good game. Um, you know, there is a market. The Coco community will support you. Um, so yeah, I'm happy with the sales, and um, I I have started an, another game, which I will be announcing in the next week or so. Anyway, so. As usual, I will start my my uh, development development b- blog for it again, and um, yeah, we'll see how that one goes. Very looking nice. forward to it. I saw Jacob in the background there. Hey, Jacob, how are you? <laughs> well, you know, we cracked this open uh, as soon as we we got back here. This and the cartridges Jacob got. And, uh, we've been playing Pop Star Pilot. I was also found this, the bonus video on there fascinating i think it was pen fest was it 2000 yep yeah yes yeah. that's right yeah all right and i saw uh you know alan huffman with his long hair and uh, john strong on there that was really cool really cool to see that yeah yeah that was a good show too evan wright is here hey evan how are you matt, matt witt is here michael brank is Mike, michael brant is here captain zap frank patel um we got a, uh, we have uh, 14 people watching us live right now hello everybody who's watching us live yeah, the packaging is great. This, to me, this is this is the coolest thing about coming to Coco Fest. Well, not the coolest, but one of the coolest things is to be able to buy a brand new game cartridge. And this is the second year in a row now that we've had that. Last year, we had a number of offerings from John Strong and um, John Linville. And this year, we have another one, uh, the Evan Wright game that John... Uh, you, put, you put this together, basically, right, John Linville? The flooded packaging? Oh, yeah. 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 It's, Neil did most of the construction, uh, but, but oh, yeah. oh, oh, that was that's that's the, the the post you said when you said taking advantage of Canadian labor, right? When he was exactly. <laughs> assembling. <laughs> the, those migrant workers are good for something, aren't they? <laughs> We're cheap with the dollar right now too, so. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, and the Coco the Coco joystick. So yeah, new hardware and new software is always a cool thing. Uh, getting something. Uh, oh man, my TDP one hundred that I'm really happy about which i also got from steve tandy data products 100 
I can't even mention the low, low price I obtained this for because um, I've signed <laughs> non-disclosure agreements on that. So <laughs> it was too yeah, good. To, it was too good to pass I, up. And I'm, I'm bringing up Skype just to, to see if I can get it to work here for the call. And I accidentally called him without realizing it. But anyway, he says, oh, and by the way, that TDP you sold me doesn't work. Oh, this is a deal, but it doesn't work. Okay. There was my reputation. <laughs> I was happy to have it, and it was something I could fit in my suitcase, you know. And so, I, 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 my whole thing was, even if it didn't work, you know, it's it's they're so uncommon to have. It's just going to be cool to have and put on a shelf, you know. But I, I did my little first hardware project today and tinkered around and got the thing to breathe life. So that was kind of cool too. Um, <laughs> and one of these days, I'll I'll pick your brain offline, John, on what what it takes to do that PIA thing you were talking about, because I have no idea what to do with that. <laughs> We don't, we don't need yes. to turn this into a tech segment. <laughs> yeah. Well, there'll be some finger we burns. We can't. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I enjoyed the new games. I enjoyed seeing everybody. I enjoyed um, having Nick Marentes represented there and having people play Popstar Pilot. That was fun to see. Um, uh, having some T-shirts there was kind of cool, too. They've seen a lot of the Coconut T-shirts. Rick Adams wore one. Um, Alan Huffman. Alan Huffman wore one. Um, Brendan Donahue wore one. So there was at least three different Coconut T-shirts floating around there. I sold one to, I believe I sold one to Ron Klein, too. So um, it was nice to see some of the Coconut T-shirts out there in the wild. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be ordering the new special version of it when you have it. Yeah, yeah, that was a good idea. Yeah, we'll we'll do that. That is. I get a dated one, and that's no. That's... I did. I did want to mention one thing about uh, for any of us, you know, furners that that came and bought stuff. Um, I actually got held up at customs because I didn't have any receipts for any of the stuff I bought, mm. and uh, they were actually talking about you know taking it away. And the one guy I was talking to actually knows a bit about the retro computing hobby, and I mean he's used to seeing like Apple ones going on eBay for a hundred thousand dollars or something. So he was, oh, how do I know if this stuff isn't worth a ton of money? You should be paying duty and taxes on. He was actually going to confiscate it all. Oh wow. And then he finally let me through, but I just wanted to mention to the vendors if you guys can have receipt books for next year would solve that problem. I don't know if anybody else hit that or not, but yeah, it definitely held me up. Oh, that's good to know. I was worried. I I wondered what, you know, zealous border agent might have to say about the stuff I had on me. Well, let me ask you, let me play devil's advocate. Let's say you had that $100,000 Apple One, um, you know, plywood special. And you bought a 99 cent receipt book from Office Depot and wrote your own receipt. What? How? What? How can you legitimize an actual receipt at this point? You can't, but they can confiscate the goods. Okay. So. So I just wanted to mention that. I don't yeah, know if no, you hit that problem that's, or anybody else that's did, but uh, definitely good to know. And I will put a bit of a disclaimer on it. The 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 crossing that I went through. The week of the fest was actually there was a bit of turmoil there because there was some human trafficking going through. And they arrested a bunch of people in the states and Canada for it, so I think they were on heightened awareness. So maybe okay. in a normal circumstance, it wouldn't happen. But just it, it just makes it easier all the way around. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, receipts. Um, uh, Cloud Nine was doing that, so then you got you got a little yellow copy of whatever yeah. you purchased. So yeah. it's good, good, good thing to think about. So no, I'm not not meaning that to be offensive to anybody that wasn't handing them out. I mean, how would you yeah. know? But yeah. yeah, yeah, now we know. And now this message. We're traveling through a dimension both of sound and ideas. We're at a place where the mind can comprehend and devise a solar radio, a wireless transmitter, measure time and light. 65 electronic projects brought to reality with this science fair kit. 
Astonishing? Perhaps. But you can find it for Christmas, for $17.95, in a place that's known as Radio Shack. Radio, stereos, recorders, everything in sound. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's me. It's Original Gamer Stevie Stroh. You know, gameplay goodness. To get your very own Gameplay Goodness DVDs featuring color computer games played by the original gamer Stevie Stroh, visit 8bit256.com and grab yourself a Coco Gaming DVD today. That's 8bit256.com for all of your Gameplay Goodness needs. I'm John Strong, Strongware, author of Soviet Block, and you're watching the original gamer, Stevie Stroh. I gotta dig that receipt printer out and yeah. uh, work up my POS application. <laughs> 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 I believe that you can find paper for it. Yeah. Oh, the receipt paper, the receipt printer. You can find paper on e- on Amazon. It's easy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> retro receipts for retro gear. It sounds right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, Frank Patel says the GCC could look into receipts for auction items as well. Shouldn't be too too many people affected. And Evan Wright said, I bet there's a border guard with a sweet vintage computer collection. <laughs> yeah, could be. One guy did know about it. I mean, he was he actually recognized the, the Coco, too. So Yeah. He, he wasn't a Coco guy, but he said he remembers seeing them. No, that's cool. That's cool. That's Welcome the to the 20th century. Yeah. The other thing I liked at the at the fest that I'll just mention is all the hardware projects like sound cards and, and everything else that's going on. There seems to be a, a good resurgence of hardware as well, too. So we're getting a nice balance of hardware and software projects coming out. Yeah, and the one thing I did not get a chance to look at too much, and I don't know, Bruce, if you want to uh, zoom in on your shirt a little bit so we can give you a nice little plug here, product placement. But yeah, the Forest of Doom demo. <laughs> Two for one here. Stereo. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to look at that demo too much, so oh, look at that. Now, where did that artwork come from from that Coco? Because I like him, too. That came off the, uh, ext- uh, the Coco 3 manual. Okay. Just scanned it, and then Jacob actually did the editing to clean it all. Okay, up. he cleaned it up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. That yeah, I didn't get. Job. I didn't get a chance to, to demo your game too much, but I'm hoping Bruce, we you, we can get an interview scheduled with you and Jacob in the near future where we can talk yeah. more about the project because that is a very cool project. Especially the whole history of it because it's a very long term project. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And the, the decades in the making, yeah. <laughs> and you know that to me, that is that is just as cool as anything else. It's a, to see a game in basic that's still being developed to me is just as exciting as a new soundboard or anything else. To any any project to me is is yeah. cool. The fact Jim Gary might have some competition something. finally. Jim Gary, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We could we could we could take a small armor army of developers and still not put a dent in Jim's uh, <laughs> contribution. So, um, I did like the. Um, the newspaper clippings from the from back in the day, a, a local whiz kid gets hired, whatever. That was pretty cool. That was cool. I took a picture of that. And what and what was the payment? A subscription to the cassette service. Here you go, kid. Here's a cassette. Here. Now go now go make another game. Well, yeah. I actually, yeah, I actually got some cash money the, for for one of the things that I wrote, and I, that's I bought my Edtasm cartridge with that, and then the ah. rest of it was uh, like two years worth of uh, the cassettes. And what yeah. was that? What did that go for? Those are like maybe sixty dollars a year or something like that. So, for the subscription, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something so, like that, yeah. hundred twenty dollar value. 
And Rainbow, whatever it is. The adventure and simulation contest, they gave you product, too. Like, I got a serial to parallel interface for one, and I got a C compiler for another. It wasn't cache either, so. That's cool. You know, it's not always about uh, the the amount of glory you receive, but just the fact that you're even being recognized, I think, is still kind of cool, you know? Well, except for Rick. I mean, he... he Now he's famous what? and signing autographs. So, you know, the, yeah. the 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 awkward moment for me was when they had that um, that bonus, that kind of leftover trophy, and then they're saying, "Well, who do we who do we give who do we give this to at the last minute?" You know, yeah, who gets and, <laughs> and again, it's like, how do you pick? You know, and again, it's not really it's not about glory, and it's not about like you know who uh, you know everybody do, does what they can, and nobody's doing anything for glory. I don't think, but um, I, I was thinking about that afterwards. I mentioned this to John Linville, but if anybody should have got that, it should have been Mike Rowan because uh, the amount of commercials that Mike did for the podcast, especially on episode twenty three, there's you know more commercials per square inch than any yeah. other podcast in recorded history, <laughs> and every single one is just so damn good, you know, um, and it's all about about promoting Cocoa Fest. So if anybody should have got an award, it should have been him. So next time yeah, I, I see him, I'll, I'll pass the baton. So <laughs> so, so says the award-winning Stevie Stroh. <laughs> Jeopardy yeah. winner, eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Jeopardy, that Jeopardy was fun. That was fun. That was kind of cool. There were there were a lot of standout moments there. Uh, it was overall kind of fun. There was, hey, Simon Jonasson is here. How are you, Simon? <laughs> Good, thanks. The Madman has joined us. So. Yeah, Hello, Simon. Hello. So, yeah. how how many of you here in the panel now are going to Tandy Assembly Pop Quiz? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we got we got one. We got Mark saying maybe. Yeah, I can't make it. I'm still in busy season then, so I can't get away from work. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm playing. Don't try. That's a long way off. <laughs> okay, Richard Lorbiski Lur- Lur- says, me, me. Hey, Richard, how are you? We got somebody in chat right now. <laughs> me, me. Yeah. Raise his hand. Richard says, raise his hand. Yes. So yeah, I, I'm still on the fence with, do I want to drive to one of these things? Because I got to figure out the logistics of how long does it take to drive and what's the cost of doing that. And then you have to, you have to sleep uh, during the trip, you know, because I'm no, not don't. driving 24 hours. I'm not Curtis Boyle. <laughs> I'm not going to drive 23 hours straight. So um why Michael, not? Michael Brandt yeah. says, hope to go to Tandy Assembly. <laughs> but that, you said you're a nut. If, yeah, if I had any regrets from Cocoa Fest, it's just not able to bid too much on the auctions because there, there was a CM8 that went for $40 with a mod, the VGA mod already on it. You know? And it's like, dude, I would love to have that. You know? How would you get it? That's the chief problem. That's, that's exactly the problem. It's it's a good news. It's I guess it's a good thing and a bad thing because it doesn't it prevents me from spending money and buying more crap I don't have room for already. So, but <laughs> what were you saying there, John? Uh, that's CMA. I think we let it go too cheap. <laughs> In retrospect, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a steal. And it was on Sunday. There was a guy sitting across from me that had like a stack of three or four cocos under his chair. By the time he was done, he was just buying yeah. them all up. <laughs> All Coco ones and twos too. Yeah, man. How did um, do? Do we ever get a um, an update on those Tandy two thousands? Have those? Does anybody put an offer on those? So I was I'd expressed interest in them uh, without a real a figure attached to them, and then 
Jason Timmons uh, had expressed interest in them. And so I, since he's local and since it wasn't going to get resolved that day, I just kind of backed away and said, well, you guys work it out. <laughs> so yeah. I, I suspect that Jason Timmons will um, work either. He'll end up with them or I think he said he would wanted to give them to Jim Leonard, who was there. And I, I don't know if you're aware, but the Jim Leonard was the uh, one of the guys who worked on the uh, – 80 to 88 mile per hour demo, um, which is a PC demo on a CGA video uh, on an 8086 processor. That's pretty impressive. If you're into demo scene stuff, you should go look it up. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I think he Jason's intent was to give them to, to Jim because uh, you know because they had, they have the 8186 processor in them. I think it's the only commercial, uh, at least PC style of device that ever used them. The eighty one eighty six is actually pretty popular in embedded systems, but uh, and printers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so anyway, I, I suspect that those guys would end up with them one way or the other. Hmm. It was interesting to see those because that's another thing you don't see very often, you know. No, it was I a pretty remember, expensive yeah. machine at the time, so they didn't sell a lot, I don't think. Yeah, I remember that was what we called the SOS, the store operating system, and the guys would key in the receipts at night at the end of the day, whatever was run through the stores, they punched them all into that computer, and I think it was a modem where it sent it all off to HQ, you know? Yeah, so I was in college working at Radio Shack uh, for, during the summer, I think. Um, just switched over from that system to whatever... So whatever succeeded it and uh, they were trying to sell those and I was kind of checking my bank account and I was walked in the next day ready to buy it and they said oh yeah we sold the Tandy 2000 last night oh man <laughs> anyway well, that was my last was that that huge yeah. thing oh yeah, yeah. yeah. those things were huge and now did that also have an 8 inch floppy in it too I don't remember it was no no, no, no they had still the, five Okay, they had quad density five and a quarter inch, so they actually had seven hundred twenty k five and a quarter inch floppy drives. Interesting, interesting. They were MS DOS compatible, not PC DOS. So okay, they yeah, they had really good graphics though for the time though. Yeah, uh, John Robbs is mentioning also the Rainbow Collection that Neil uh, was it Neil Brookings. Neil Brookings, yeah. Neil Brookings, Neil Brookings. Got <laughs> <laughs> Neil Brookings of the Coco Cat Podcast. Uh, uh, the Coco <laughs> Cat. <laughs> so that was a nice collection of Rainbow magazines and binders and everything else there too. That was pretty yeah, good. Binders. Neil didn't even know about the binders until he came here last year, and I I have several uh, of I have not. I have a, a bunch of binders, uh, a not quite complete collection, but enough other binders to 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 fill out the collection. He'd never seen them, and so he'd kind of been enamored with them, looking for them, and so then they showed up there, and his eyes were, you know, this big around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> about that. Yeah. Uh, binders he, full of rainbow, to paraphrase a certain U.S. politician. Binders <laughs> yeah, full of rainbow. Right, right. Um, so I had to goad him into bidding a little extra, but uh, but he got him. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Matt Witt was saying, I'll never forget the amount of stuff Neil bought from Wally last year and watching him and John try to fit it in John's truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Last year, Wally was bidding against himself. <laughs> Every time he would bid on something, he would bid again and raise it. Somebody in Skype chat is saying they'd like to give uh, thoughts on the exhibition experience. Um, it's just Coco three one three five. So I'm not sure who that is. Who's saying that right now? 
That's Bruce. The Bruce? Oh, in the Skype chat itself? I wasn't watching the Skype chat. Yeah. Yep. Okay, you want to do what now? <laughs> oh, I, I just want to share the, floor. Of the, the exhibitor the exhibitor experience. Um, yeah, now what first thoughts have gone out of my head now? That, uh, well, it, um, oh, yeah, I know what it was. It's, it struck me that the exhibit, the exhibits were more, um, certainly not about making money. It felt more like an art exhibit. It, it seemed more artistic than, than uh, vendor oriented. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I, man, I really appreciated all that. There was, it was unfortunate though at a, at a couple of spots where there wasn't a lot, like much in the way of documentation there. And so if you didn't actually catch the guy at the table, he was mm. off of the top. Yeah, you had no yeah. idea what you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's a couple of tables. I was like, I oh, mean, this whatever this is, it looks cool, but I have no idea what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. And I never found out in a couple of cases, so I, I was a little disappointed in that. But uh, yeah, it felt like this was this is an art show. Like, hey, look, look at this thing I've created, and, and it's not about one yeah. thing being better than another or about money or. Yeah. Stuff. Look, look at this beautiful purple circuit board. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. Now, see, that's well, not uh, magic to me. Well, the, I mean, as a as a as a as a uh, non vendor, you know, that's probably kind of cool, and I agree that's cool too. But I would imagine somebody who went there possibly hoping to make money, maybe they don't share the same um, enamorment of the fact that it was a, a, an art show thing. Maybe some people wanted to make more money. I don't know. We you know what everybody's other intentions were. You know? Artists want to make money too. Yeah, they want to sell their art, right? but it's well, not just about money. So. Yeah, I don't think having an art show or whatever keeps anybody else from making money out there at their table. Um, so I don't know. I like that aspect of it that it's it's kind of you know look what I did or whatever. Um, that's one thing. You know, a lot of in the lead up, I was getting a lot of questions about uh, well, I want a table, but I'm not a vendor. You know, what do I fill out or whatever? And all the all the forms are called vendor forms or whatever. So I tried to push the notion that they they should be called exhibitor yeah. forms. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't quite convinced anybody inside yet, but uh, <laughs> hopefully we'll get that straightened out. Or, or nothing else, maybe Tandy Assembly will use the term exhibitor instead of vendor. I think well, it does on your website. Yeah. I wonder if well, that's you know, I so. Was never, uh, I was never confused by that. Um, I figured that, you know, it's like, well, if I had the money, I'd just buy a table and I could just, you know, sit and talk to people and I could, uh, you know, sign things and, you know, that would be fine. But I just, you know, it's like I didn't have any extra money. So, but I knew that I could do that if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. For well, those somebody... of us crossing, sorry, for those of us crossing the border, there's also some awkward questions when they <laughs> ask you what you're going there and what you're going to be doing there. And if you call yourself a vendor, the, you know, it kind of lights certain ah. flags and, uh, <laughs> So, I, yeah, there's a little bit. I'm surprised it's never been a problem. Um, we've always had people come over from Canada. Uh, um, I don't know. I guess people just manage to to wiggle past or whatever. You know. <laughs> I usually um, print out a, an ad copy of the actual Cocoa Fest, and if they ask me what I'm going to, I just hand it to them, and they can just read it. They can go on the website if they really want to check me out, and that usually helps. Good idea. Yeah. Not a bad idea. That is a good yeah. idea. So as like far as as far as the business aspect of it, you know, what the the club itself is doing this as kind of a not for profit, and and they've said we've heard it on the podcast, we've heard them say it there, 
it seems like the auction is kind of the meat and potatoes of what has the bank account to have the fest each year which is you know the first time they had it it was the last one because it was supposed to be the last one every year it's the last one now because they say they don't know if there's going to be another one because it all depends on on how much money they make at the end what are you guys thoughts on how to without commercializing this what could what could be done to maybe make it a little bit more profitable for the club and for people who want to be a vendor there is there is there is that possible i mean you know um, well, I, I think, I mean, I honestly think we could charge more for tables. Yes. Um, and probably we could charge more admission as well. You know, not, not $50 more, but maybe $10 more or whatever. Sure, sure. Uh, I think you could probably double the price of the tables and still have just as many people come. Um, you know, the, um, uh, the thing is, uh, you know, sometimes I think, uh, well, in a, in a couple of fests ago or, or whatever, they, they were actually running enough of a surplus <laughs> that they were worried about their, their not-for-profit status. Uh, I, I kind of suspect that that's maybe part of why, why they ran kind of slow uh, on Saturday. I think they were kind of uh, <laughs> afraid of making too much money. Uh, ah. That's just that's just my conjecture. There's no source on that, but uh, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's it. I mean, it, we did kind of get the lecture about how we, you know, we we spent too much money on lunch and or on dinner and and um, this and that, and this cost more and that cost more and blah blah blah. blah. Another one. <laughs> so that that money from you know, that money to, to have the next one where right? <laughs> so. Anyway, well, the yeah. Whole to be thing honest, the, the prices have dropped for the uh, the exhibitors and stuff really? uh, since previous years. Like they're actually lower than when I used to go back in the early two thousands. Yeah, well, the um, the previous venue was a lot more expensive uh, than the current venue. the The first couple of times at the current venue, they 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 had the prices really like ridiculously low. Um, uh, but I think they've boosted them up a little bit, uh, but. Still, uh, this this venue is is a lot cheaper than the previous venue. I guess nobody uh, wants to get married in a basement. Right. Uh, <laughs> Evan Wright had a suggestion. He said, "I'd pay more for a table, but I'd like to see students get in for free to get younger people hooked on retro computing." Um, uh. Yeah, I had posed that question. I had a few email exchange with a few people at Glenside, and one of the questions I asked, and I think a few people asked too, is that are they doing anything locally to promote this to uh, just the town. Like, I'm sure there's some people in Ohio that might say, hey, what's a vintage computer and what's a vintage computer festival? We're bored. Let's go take a look. You know, you might get some strangers come in and take a look, too. I don't know if they're promoting it to, quote unquote, strangers, or if they're only promoting it to an inner circle. But it seems there might be a handful of people that might come by just out of curiosity locally, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't promotion there is locally. Yeah, I don't know either. But, I mean, that's part of. I mean, we do have the that, you know, the the, the VCF Midwest guys kind of show up because they 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 did some outreach a, a few years ago, got those guys involved. Um, but um, you know, as far as just walk in, drive by, what's what's a retro computer kind of folks? I, I don't I don't know if there's any of that kind of. Uh, you know, like appear on a local radio show or something like that. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know yeah, of anything. If you, like a, that. If you can get a PSA, that would be a, an easy way to do it. But, but yeah, that's quite. I mean, it's 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 worth. I mean, if you can get a, a, an affordable ad in a local paper or even at like a library or something else like that, you put out some flyers, and just say, you know, once a year, come out and see what old computers are like and who's still using them and what new things are being made for old machines. I, I think there might be a small element of curiosity. You might be able to drive a few people in to stop by and see it. Like you say, the whole art show vibe might be interesting to some people too, just to walk in and see a bunch of tables of random technology. Ooh, what is this? You know? So Yeah, <laughs> yeah you could put up posters art- in your local radio shack. Oh never mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's, I think that was Nick Marenta saying that during one of the live streams is that maybe we could get these auctions to be funded by a company like Radio Shack. Whoops, too late. So <laughs> get a no, corporate sponsor, right? <laughs> yeah, you can call it the art of old computers. Assembly, we'll have to get somebody. You know, we'll have to get somebody local to Chillicothe, Ohio, to find the uh, the most popular radio talk show or whatever in the in the area. Is, uh, if only we know somebody who lived in that area, Brett Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> you could advertise on uh, other uh, Facebook pages for other computers. Um, put a message on the on the Commodore group and tell them that there's a Tandy show on. You'll probably get a lot of the people from, or some of the people from those uh, who might be passing by that day or may, may make an effort to come and just have a look and see what, What's on the other side of the fence? Yeah, on the real computer side. So on the real computer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I last year and this year, I didn't go there. I didn't go there to make money. I mostly got a table to have a place to sit down because I'm fat and lazy. But um, it would be nice to sell a couple of things. Like I think it was uh, Evan had said, you know, just to offset some of your costs. You know, I mean, what did it cost me to go there? It cost me about seven hundred dollars between the airfare, the hotel, and the rental car. So. I could not sell enough things to make $700, you know, so I couldn't, I I would never expect to even break even. Um, So I didn't go there to get richer to make money, but we sold a few things and it was cool. It allowed me to buy food and buy a few things and have a few dollars left in my pocket and it's a vacation. But, you know, for some of us coming there, it it does cost us money to be there. And you know, you know that going there, right? It's like any other vacation, you're going to spend money on your vacation. You don't go on vacation to make money unless you're going to gamble, (laughs) you know? Um, So... Um, you know, I, I don't know how many people went there with delusions of financial grandeur, um, but I'm sure there are things. I think I think the simple solution, and the simple solution that doesn't have an easy answer, but if there was more attendance, if you had more visitors there, um, that would generate more money. That would ease the pressure of having to auction as many things. If more people were there, that's more potential people to possibly purchase something from one of the vendors. You know, um, if the if the price of the tables goes up and the attendance doesn't go up, then next year I'm going to be it's going to cost me even more money. You know, and again, I don't mind if I if I pay twenty dollars for a table, I don't mind spending forty dollars for a table. But there should be a balancing act too to not punish the people who are who are showing up. You know. Um, and, and at the end of the day, just like the, cl- the club's not doing it to make money. Glenside's not trying to make money. It's about the love of the cocoa. That's why we're there. It's not about glory. It's not about profit. Um, but it does cost money to get there. If you can sell a few things to offset your costs, that's, there, there's, no, there's no crime in that either. So um, I, I would just like to make sure that this continues to be successful every year. People continue to come. There's going to be, you know, 28, 29, 30, and so on. 
Uh, I hope everybody enjoys coming and wants to keep coming, and, and I hope they become bigger and more successful. And, you know, I, I can say for me, the reason why I was there is because I heard about it on the podcast. You know, if it wasn't for the Coco Crew podcast, I wouldn't have necessarily known about it or really had the, the driving interest to go there. But when you've got that monthly infomercial, uh, and especially since Mike Rowan started um, making all these great commercials you know um you know i mean like he's got these i don't know how many commercials mike has now it's got to be dozens of these and i know they're also available for any other vintage vintage or retro podcasts and i think other podcasts are doing them so i I believe there is a good periphery force of people trying to help promote this event um i think if i think if there would be any disappointment is is you would just wish it was a little bigger you know a little bit more grander to see more people there but i don't regret anybody i saw there i i really enjoyed the whole experience you know yeah steve i want to uh i want to pull out steve i got a few comments but whoever the other speaker is go ahead first oh nothing nothing much i was just going to kind of make a joke uh, looking at the backgrounds of the various people, uh, you know, uh, and their videos, I'm thinking that that myself and Mark Overholzer are uh, broadcasting from the same house. <laughs> you guys are the mirror image of each other, huh? <laughs> it's like you guys super- are just sitting across the table from each other, right? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> Superman and Bizarro. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Great observation. Yeah, I want to wrap up here. I'm going to leave. I've got an errand to run. But uh, one one comment to John. Um, I believe that cable that I gave you here Sunday will allow you not only to put music into the scanners, but as I recall, I put my um, D to A converters up at the same address that Musica uses, so you can get full two channels of eight sound out of that with my D to A card. I just realized that, and I think that box with the switch probably allows you to go both ways, to put music into the projector and to take the uh, D-to-A stuff and put it into your audio system. So I, I'm, I think that's what I did. I always was doing stuff like that. A couple of comments on some of the things you're talking about, and I think the way to view this is this is really a form of entertainment for us yes. in one regard, although I'm... I'm kind of backing out of this for other reasons, but it's entertainment. But it is really an art. Um, what I see with you guys and what I had for many years was there's just a passion for this machine, strictly for this machine and to play with the machine. And we all had some some other passion that came along with it. You know, when I, when I started, I started playing the games and Zaxxon and things like that, and that was a lot of fun. But then I realized I'm being I'm a consumer and I kind of want to be a producer and that's what I see with a lot of people here. You know, you've got your VGA card or you got your Music Man or whatever, and you want to actually do something. We all seem to have some sort of a creative bone in our head when we're born, and we want to exercise that somehow. And even though the Coco community is is fairly small, and what I'm hearing from a lot of people and what I've experienced in my production career so to speak um it's not so much to get a lot of resounding re- um, recognition but mainly just that somebody appreciates what you've done and even if it's a small group it's kind of cool when somebody's you know two or three or four people come up and say hey what you did is really neat and i appreciate the work and effort that it took to do that and it doesn't need a round of applause or an academy award but it's just kind of nice <laughs> to have that happen um 
the other thing is, uh, let's see, what did I got here? I'm trying to read my notes. So the art, the records, entertainment. Um, uh, yeah, I, well, I, I got a note here that's something about selling versus getting an interest in it. And uh, I, I think maybe if the club, and really you got to uh, ping the club, the guys at the club, and see what they think about how they might get more interest in something like it and um, versus selling things. But, yeah, if you get a public service announcement on the radio station, that would be pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And maybe it could be called, you know, the art of, of ancient computers or something like that and see what people do with old computers. Anyway, anyway, some just some ideas. Yeah, that's a great uh, idea. If, yeah, if there's any other comments, I'll stick around, but I'm going to pull out here pretty quick. Well, hey, Steve, it was great to have you here. It was great to meet you in person for the first time. Um, Loved your laser light show. That was very cool to see. You know, I was impressed. There were at least three people, and I think you're one of them, who did not ride the original color computer wave but came in afterwards. And that's kind of weird, although I've also <laughs> seen people who are like retro music and stuff like that. You know, I, I was born after World War II, not much, but I always enjoy all that old music and all those old movies. So mm-hmm. there is a certain charm. It's, it's sort of a uh, emotional... Um, it's like nostalgia, but you didn't have it to begin with. You know, it's like a nostalgia of a previous life that you yeah. look at things of the past. So, uh, I was also impressed with the way people, the social aspect of it. Um, Tony was just unbelievable in some of the things he said to me. Like, he's way over the top being friendly, and I, I it took me a little while to figure that out. That this is a very tight community, and uh, a lot of people are in there mainly for the camaraderie. I think. Yeah. You've got the camaraderie yeah. of just people, and plus the fact that you're all interested in the same thing and how important that is. The reason I stopped producing stuff is because there was nobody else interested. I had, I tried to get some of the kids in the neighborhood interested, and they go, that's neat, but they've got other interests. So, you know, it's time has come. I'm moving on. I got rid of all my stuff, and yes, I got back, and I'm thinking, oh, shit, I can't produce anything. Even if I want to fix something, I got rid of all the computers and all of them. The uh, uh, the uh, uh, multi-card, you know, the interfaces and my D day. I give my last D day back to John, over to John, and <laughs> I, I got to move on. Life, life. Has right, I'll, I'll I'll make a good deal on the TDP 100. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I bet it works. It works good, yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I'm, I'm keep thinking. You know, what ha- what would happen if in the next year something really serious would happen, such that I all of a sudden really had to get back into this stuff. I'd have to go back there and buy all that stuff back. <laughs> you, can get a good, you can get a good deal in the auction. Um, but like, I, like I've been telling people, you know, this late in life to have a, uh, a midlife crisis is really kind of fascinating because it means I'm going to live to be 142 years old. <laughs> I'm just going to have to find you. another mate. God bless you. Oh, man. We'll return after these announcements. Here's a hi-fi bargain from your nearby Radio Shack store. Save $100 on our exclusive realistic 77 AM-FM stereo receiver. Only $159.95 during the sale. With audio component features like FM muting, push-button tape monitor, main remote speaker switching, in a genuine walnut veneer case. The ideal control center for your new music system. The sale-priced realistic 77 receiver. Only at Radio Shack. A Tandy company. 
Hey guys, Original Gamer Stevie Stroh here, and if you're listening to Coco Talk, chances are you're interested in the Color Computer. If you'd like to find out more about the Color Computer, then visit my Coco Links page at imacoconut.com. There you will find communities, podcasts, YouTube channels, project sites, blog sites, hardware, software, buy, sell, trade, you name it. So for all things Color Computer, visit imacoconut.com. That's I-M-A, coconut. Dot com and tell them the original gamer Stevie Stroh sent you. Hi, I'm Mike Rowe, and you're watching Stevie Stroh, the original gamer. That's awesome. Yeah, the camaraderie is definitely great. And yes, I, I, I didn't go there to make money. I'm not worried about myself making money. I'm not worried about my own personal glory. I just want this festival to continue to be successful. And I think that's that's one of the things that I'm sure a lot of us are doing is making sure we can do everything we can to get the word out there and get more people to come out. Um, uh, I don't know if the, I think the numbers are probably similar to last year. I heard that last year was a good year. Last year was a better year than uh, a few previous years. So um, if we're on par of last year and it was still better than the past and we're maintaining that, that's good. Um, you know, to get to get 70 or 80 people to come out for a weekend and get together over this is still impressive. That's an impressive number, you know. Um, yeah. and, and the fact that this has been going on 26 years is is impressive. <laughs> You know, um, there's it's it's really cool. Like I say, I, I'm 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 I just regret missing the first 24 at this point. And, and I regret never making it to a rainbow fest. So this is kind of like a small scale rainbow fest, um, you know, and it's it's just cool. Like you say, that we're still here talking about this and meeting about this. So it's a good thing. Uh, let me just acknowledge a few people who have been putting some some stuff out in chat. Okay, so John Robb says that maybe we could hit up Micro Center as a sponsor because we make multiple trips there. Um, Frank, <laughs> Frank Patel says, yeah, we're just trying to break even. Grant Lighty says, one thing I would suggest is to allow online registrations and pay with PayPal for the admission fees. I had suggested that as well. I mean, uh, you know, that, uh, the, the, not only should we be able to pay by PayPal to register, or better yet, pre-register, but um, if they could do a credit card swipe at the auction, I think that would increase sales and increase the likelihood yeah. of sales. It's very easy to get a square card reader. It's free to get, and you tie it into a Just bank hook account. hook up your phone or whatever. Um, you know, hook it up to your phone. So I, I would imagine most people have a finite amount of cash they carry in their pockets, but probably have either a credit card with a balance. or Like for me, I live off of a debit card. I never carry cash. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I have could. to, I have to take, I have to take money out of the bank to come to Cocoa Fest. If I could swipe, I would probably get myself into a lot more trouble. But um, the, the, the the club could possibly get a, a better impulse sale. But somebody says, well, I don't have two hundred dollars cash, but hell, I'll charge it. You know, um, and those are very easy things to simplify registration and make it easier for people to pay and make it easy for people to do auctions and stuff. Um, what else is going on in the chat? So Grant Lightly says, yeah, so maybe PayPal. I had suggested that. Uh, Frank Patel says, what do you think about the idea of taking donations? And I, that's another suggestion I'd made, too, is you got, that the club should have a PayPal link and put it on their website and let anybody make a donation um, year long. Uh, Richard... Oh, yeah, Richard uh, Lor Lor Lorbiski says, it happened to me. I sold all my Cocoa stuff back in the 90s. Um... Uh, Evan Wright said something about this can be the hardware project from Jim Brain. Coco credit card yeah. reader. Yeah, so do Jim Brain can do a Coco credit card reader. There you go. Since I like to do everything on the Coco, why not? So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, how do you measure success on, on something that's 35 years old? If, uh, to me, if 72 people came out and, and wanted to celebrate the cocoa 35 years later, that's pretty successful. Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull out of here, guys. Uh, maybe I'll see you next year, maybe not. Maybe I'll be traveling around the world and all the money I made selling my... I think I had nine <laughs> cocoa. <laughs> if, anybody, if anybody made a killing at Cocoa Fest, it was Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I broke uh, even. I'm probably one of the few people okay. who broke even. Okay, Lorbiski. Richard, tell me how to pronounce your name, Richard. Stop murdering my name. Get it right. Okay, it's Lorbiski. Lorbieski. Okay. Lorbieski. All right, Richard. <laughs> okay, where the hell's the hang up button on this thing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't see Thanks, one. Steve. It's the red one. <laughs> red I think you have to shoot it with a laser, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, there's, okay, there's a little red thingy. Uh, maybe if there's any questions about technical <laughs> questions, maybe we can skip a technical interview or something sometime, Steve. And by yeah. the way, do you just pronounce your name Steve? It's kind of spelled Stevie. Ah, Steve is fine, yeah. Um, because it's, I used to be Stevie in my younger years. Yeah, that's what my parents called me as a kid, yeah. If you're a bill collector, it's Mr. Strowbridge. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Geek. Sir yeah. Geek. Yes. Okay. Adios, guys. Take care, Steve. Later, Steve. Bye-bye. So, meeting Rick Adams in person was great for me. It was a pleasure meeting you, Rick, and, and hearing your hearing your uh, speech. Yeah. Your speech brought, tore, tore the house down. <laughs> I had so much fun. Yeah. We That's lost, hey, we, we lost Neil Blanchard myself. a long time ago, didn't we? It'd be nice to have Neil chime in on his, on his rainbow collection. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys think I had enough uh, icons on my uh, laptop? Oh, yeah. You could you could use a few more. No, there was a few pixels left over somewhere. I, think, so, so. I thought that was the game for a minute, trying to find the right thing on there. It's one of those sliding puzzle games. <laughs> it was a game that I was losing. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, so we we just had some people tell us the old Hayes modem command to hang up when Steve was asking how to hang up. Is it ATH or plus 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 ATH? So, yeah. <laughs> Got to send out that command. Uh wasn't that a plus 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 wait one or two seconds and then an you get the okay prompt? Yeah. 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 Three seconds. Yeah. Or power off on was easy too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just shut your modem off. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bob, was it you had a good time there, Rick? It, it looked like you were having fun, so. What? I said, I'm glad you had a good time there. It looked like you were having fun. Oh, there's oh yeah. Absolutely. I think John Strong is joining us. Hello, John. Excellent. Hi, John. Hi. <laughs> Cocoa and Beach. Rick's holding up his Cocoa <laughs> Beach. There we go. Uh, yeah, I think for me, the Cocoa Fest, besides being the social, um, actually, I guess for me, it was just just being able to sit down with everyone and talk about everything. Um, I, you know, I, I guess there's no easy way to describe that feeling of talking to people that you chat with either through the email or IRC and then getting to meet them in person and being able to get that one-on-one, -on -one, yep. you know, conversations. 
Yeah, the camaraderie aspect. That's yes, exactly right. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. You know, it's funny when you talk about that. When um, when I was editing one of the music jams from last year, I did a re-edit of that video to just cut it down and get rid of all the dead space between songs. When I'm playing that back, I can hear, because I do everything in my headphones, there are so many conversations going on in that exhibitor area. I could hear William Assel very clearly talking about TCPIP stacks and this and that and the other. And so when you talk about these conversations, you can hear the conversations over the music. Um, there's just so much talk in there. And it is... and. Um, incredibly uh, just such a wide variety of two there's like people who are really technical like you have somebody like william assel who does his you know cross development tools and all these things and you know um, there's really brilliant highly technical people and then there's other people who are just casual enthusiasts and there's you know there's a, lot, a wide variety of conversations going on you know it's the funniest thing john you're on the call right so john what's your wife's name again shirley Shirley. So um, she, <laughs> Shirley is the first person to say, I don't know anything about this computer stuff, right? And then I'm watching people talk to Shirley about just about anything. And she's just so polite. She's just like <laughs> nodding her head and everything else. And whatever they're talking about, it's just not even in the same vocabulary as her but she's so nice about it but there are just so many different people who have so much you know different depth of um, <laughs> vocabularies that they speak you know it was kind of cool to, to stay, be a fly on the wall and hear all those conversations agreed Yeah, she's gotten used to the, the geek here, so. <laughs> so, yeah, so David says he doesn't know how to describe it. Maybe geeking out is one way to describe it, right? Is it? Well, it brings up a real quick story is uh, when I took the, a job for IT manager up here in Michigan, uh, the first job up here, uh, my wife's family, you know, wasn't understanding what I was doing, and so we just said, Chief Geek. <laughs> Chief Geek, you, you, you wear the hat with the feathers. <laughs> the propeller beanie. We smoke them. We smoke them. Geek pipe. <laughs> so I was, I was amazed to find that, that there was one thing about basics that that I knew that Ellen Huffman didn't. I, I assure you, it's the only thing. But uh, <laughs> and and what was that? Oh, he didn't know that uh, uh, basic variables can have embedded spaces. Oh, that's right. I remember somebody talking about that. So like uh, A space B or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was new to me, too. I hadn't seen that one. Interesting. Because I remember writing a basic program once that where I was like computing the, the Y intercept. And I, you know, and I called the variable Y space INT. So. That's the only that's the only possible thing that I could know about basic that Ellen Huffman does not know. But <laughs> at least it was non-zero. <laughs> and then we got to talk about uh, doing, you know, the, my my LED projects with Raspberry Pi. So that was kind of yeah. Speaking of projects, that's one I'm still looking forward to. I got oh I forgot to show that in my little show and tell thing too from the auction. I also got the um, the 3D printed cocoa. That is the case that's supposed to hold the Raspberry Pi 3. And huh. and I got the image that Ron Klein made. So all I have to do now is order a Raspberry Pi 3, and then I will have a Raspberry Pi Cocoa. Um, 
And a very cool thing that Ron Klein has already figured out is if the, uh, the Wii U, I think it's called, has these Bluetooth joysticks, and they look very much like an Xbox controller, but they're Bluetooth. You can pair that to the Raspberry Pi, control the whole system. Hmm. And, I, and I asked him, does it read the full values? Because I had a hard time with PC joysticks reading the 0 through 63 axis values. He says they work perfectly. So uh, $20 Bluetooth controller, $35 Raspberry Pi, and boom, you've got a Coco. And so um, I am really looking forward to getting one of those and firing it up and trying it out. And um, having a wireless joystick, I can sit on my big screen TV and play Coco games in my living room. That's going to be kind of cool, you know. Seems I'm going to have to steal my son's going to have to steal my son's Wii U controllers. (laughs) (laughs) But... I do have the pie. I do have the big screen, and my son has the Wii U, so I'm going to have to steal. There you go. Oh, you're set. (laughs) You're all set, yeah. Um, Yeah, There's actually two uh, designs for uh, Coco's up on Thingiverse, okay? Uh, One that you've seen at the show, and there was one that was posted up before then. And they both work, so... And what is that? What is Thingiverse? Is that a place where you can get these things made, like three D, like on demand three D prints? I think they have a place you can do that there, but they're a place where you can get people can post designs they want like freely available. Hmm. Yeah. So that was cool. That was kind of a little bidding war, and there, luckily there was two of them because I was bidding against Alan Huffman on that one. So those got to be fun. <laughs> there were some fun moments in the auctions. Yeah, yeah. I still have some video that I haven't um, compiled yet, but Bruce took my handheld camera and was uh, kind of a man on the scene there in the midst of the people auctioning and, and battling back and forth. So I've got some great video from the um, attendance side of the auction, and um, I'm going to be um, splicing all that together as well and, and uploading that video when I have time to work on that. So we got we got a few more videos to come. I do have the slides from all of you who've given your slides too. So I also plan on uh, when I have the time to edit those um, presentations and get some clean slides in there too, because that was really the one challenge I think was that the webcam could not focus on that screen at all. So and anybody watching at home can't see the slides. So I do want to try to um, enhance that. And make those That's look a good a idea because it was yeah you're right they're really hard to try to yeah. read on the so, stream. I mean the short answer is is well you should have been there. <laughs> yeah. come, come next year. But um, uh, and what I want to try to do you know next time too is have a better uh, setup, better laptop. My that laptop can't really handle the horsepower to run two cameras and everything else so uh, it'd be nice to maybe have one camera on the presenter another camera on the slide for a nice clean picture of the slide and maybe another one on the audience and kind of mix all those together and have a nice good um, you know picture in picture view of, of the whole scene I also liked Alan Huffman's 360 degree camera that he had that was pretty yeah. cool I want to look into one of those too I don't even know what that looks like. That just looks amazing to me. Yeah, yeah. He, he posted a couple samples to Facebook, and you can like I you saw can, that. You can tilt your phone, and it'll spin around with your phone as you're doing it, or you can just swipe it with your finger. So that would be great for the auctions. Instead of trying, because it's really hard to capture the auction. You know, the auction is one of those things where you kind of have to be there. But just imagine a 360 degree camera where somebody's watching it live. They could watch either. You know, Tony holding up whatever it is or watching all the bidding war going on in the background. That would be really cool to have that. So I will look into one of those, too. But I need a better laptop that has the horsepower to handle that, too. So 
Well, I was I was there, and I still want to see Rick's presentation again. That that had me in stitches. I just loved it. I want to show my wife the presentation because she will get it. <laughs> Who's that? Who's saying that? Is that Bruce? Bruce. That's Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah he sent me his slides too. I have the slides. I have them okay. in a folder. I can share with you off of a Google Drive. You, you, we have permission to share your slides, right, Rick? Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. So yeah, send me a, send me an email or Skype, and I'll, I'll, I'll link it to the Google Drive. I have them all. Um, yeah. No, it was a great presentation. It was a great mix of um, humor and everything else. So yeah. as I was laying all that out, I, I saw, like. A, a single woman in the audience nodding her head and going, yes, yes, I know. Yes, I, yes, I, the struggle is real. Yes, I understand. <laughs> yeah, the kerosene heater versus a computer. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, yeah, my wife, I was telling her about that. She said, oh, wait a minute, what order did he get those in? She was really interested. <laughs> <laughs> the, moral, the, the moral of the story, ladies, is never mess with a man in his basement. <laughs> Good things come from there. So. So on, well, yeah, on my talk, that 30% of the fun is the, are the slides, really. Yeah. Are you going to be like a couple of weeks before you have that done, Steve? Or? Uh, I, I will try to work on some of it today, but yeah, hopefully by next weekend. It's just this this yeah. past week has been just like getting over the, um, you know, kind of re-transitioning back into work mm -hmm. and, and sleep schedules and whole nine yards. So I've been a little lethargic this week. I'm almost back to normal. Um, so yeah, yeah. Hopefully by next week, and I'll I'll do yours first because yours is going to probably yeah. be the long the longest one, and it's got the most variety of content that yeah. needs to work. So we'll probably work on yours I'm really first. Tempted, I'm really tempted to do it myself, but it is a lot of work. So I yeah, don't know. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the well, the good news is the commentary is already there. We've got that recorded. So <laughs> yeah. well. And I would say I didn't do any slides for mine because I was running the stuff live from applications. So yeah, yeah slides aren't always necessary either. So um, they, they, they're probably a prerequisite for a keynote, though. <laughs> yeah, I can. I do. There's, I've done presentations with slides before, but this just wasn't. You know, didn't fit what I was doing there. And uh, that's a good point. You guys give me feedback on my presentation for what I covered that was good. What did I miss? Do you guys like to hear? Well, I tell you what, I'm looking forward to. Hopefully, you know, I don't know if, if it'll be ready by Tandy, or if not by next fest. But I'm looking forward to seeing some new games, taking advantage of some of this new sound hardware. Um, I liked I like John's John's presentation. The thing I liked about it, well, me being a person who loves games, uh, obviously, but the presentation was more about okay, here's the tools. Here's the products. Here's the packaging. Uh, how about make some games? You know, um, and and we've already seen as as Nick's mentioned, Nick has sold 80 pop stars. I know you guys have all sold you know 40 or plus 40, 50 plus of of some of your games. So there's a market for it. There's definitely a market for things on cartridge. We've got a way to put things on cartridge. We've now got sound. Um, all we need now are the games. There's an audience that's there. Um, and I think if I had sold cartridges this year, I probably would have sold a lot more, you know, because that's what people want. People want something they can stick in their cocoa. Um, that's what she said. But um, <laughs> um, so uh, I'm looking forward to more cocoa games. You know, we have um, Hugo DeFort's working on a very nice one right now. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm looking forward to seeing Handy Andy when that comes out. 
looking forward to seeing whatever else John Linville throws our way when he works on something new. And I'm hoping by next year to have something I can stick on a cartridge, too. Um, so whatever piece of crap I can come up with, it'll be crap in plastic. So, <laughs> And so that's what all the kids are buying these days is the plastic crap. So... Um, <laughs> But there's a drive out there, you know. It's cool. There's a drive to get people to come to Cocoa Fest. There's a drive to get people to make um, stuff for the cocoa. And there's people who will buy that stuff. So it's kind of cool. Well, and I commend the SCP people who are coming and, you know, joining the Facebook group. And I, I posted uh, last night on it about a new new member. And uh, and that's Andre Lamoth. But he's actually written several uh, game programming books for the PC. Ah. And uh, designed some retro-style development systems around some of the new m microcontrollers. And I think he's done about three of them. I think there's, or at least there's the Hydra for the, on the propeller. There's one for the AVR. There's one for the pick chips. And they do games on it. But he joined the group last night, and his start was actually with Tandy. Hmm. So, hmm. And I, I've seen him already responding and uh, with posts and answering questions to try to help yeah. people. And so uh, that's good. Uh, I, I think we're, you know, gaining people back. That's great. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, we get a few more, you know, great new people, old people coming back like Rick. It'd be fabulous. Rick's not that old. I'm not by age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, uh, I didn't um, do. I'm so for old. so back in my day, Shunny. Um, so for those of you who've been around the um, online community a little bit longer than I have, you know, for me it's been about two years. I, I sense a growth. I sense um, a, a, a strengthening. I think. Um, and I don't know, uh, you guys have a, a much broader perspective on that. Does it seem like these past two years that there's been more activity and more members and more projects happening lately? Well, I was just made... Go ahead. Well, I mean, I think so. I think, uh, I think the podcast has helped draw a lot of people out that might have otherwise been involved on the periphery and just didn't know who to talk to or where to go to talk. Um, and so they know where they can they can come and come to the Facebook group or the Cocoa Bailing List or somehow make us aware of their project. They'll talk about it. I think that helps bring people out. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, give people an outlet for recognition or for just, just for exposure. I think that brings more people out to do more projects. So that's part of it, part of been our uh, our purpose along with promoting Cocoa Fest. Mm-hmm. And John, you've been a, a man on the Facebook group for a while. I just they just made me one recently, and I've seen, seen a lot of requests uh, coming in. I don't I don't think that's been normal in the past. Is it just increased or or just? Well, it depends on which request you mean. I mean, the ones that come from, uh, 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 you know, well, I won't make up a name because it'll make me sound racist. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some come from sources. Yeah, um, or the ones that come and the person joined Facebook uh, two days ago and they're a member of 175 groups, or, or you know, or the ones where it's uh, a very Correct. attractive 24-year-old woman uh, <laughs> 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 that wants to suddenly join the cocoa list, and they may not all be fake, but most of them are. Yeah. Yeah. So there's always been some of those, um, 
but yeah, I think there's been a fair number of people um, that have kind of increased over time. Um, it's not overwhelming, but there's plenty of activity, I think. So, I mean, it's, I think that's reassuring to folks, too, that it's not just your weird little hobby that you're oddly attracted to. There, there actually are other people out there that, that want to do these things, either with the Coco or just with old computers in general. And, um, like I said, it's, it's reassuring to folks and, and it, um, kind of allows them to forgive themselves for the time they spend working on this stuff. <laughs> and so, you know, it kind of, it rolls on top of it, uh, snowballs or whatever so that people get involved and they get some feedback and it, and it makes them more people want to get involved or people to get more deeply involved. And, um, so, you know. There's people out there. There's people out there that were at Cocoa Fest last year that uh, uh, I know one that was looking at uh, creating a, a printed magazine for the Cocoa community. Uh, I haven't seen that, but hopefully we'll see that. That'd be cool. Yeah, that was um, Lee, Lee, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And uh, um, you know, like I said, there's game projects out there. Uh, who had any idea about Bruce's game? And nobody. Right. <laughs> but, uh, um, right. 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 Out, he's even got T-shirts. It's cool stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, all looking forward to that. I'm trying to encourage somebody to, to put together an AGI game, and uh, so that we can. Uh, uh, that would be cool. Do some, do uh, you know King's Quest style ga- games? So that would be cool. I mean, they're out there anyway. But mm-hmm. um, you know, get somebody to do a Coco Fest game. That'd be kind of cool. That would be neat. Like a like a new. <laughs> new spin on marty's nightmare just uh, right. something for a coco fest <laughs> yeah. right we can call Actually, it we can call it exhibitor's nightmare <laughs> yeah, where's my table how do i register yeah <laughs> that was last year <laughs> alan huffman actually did one years ago that was a kind of a little adventure game you moved through uh different booths and stuff at one of the fest yeah one of the atlanta uh, ones wasn't it yes and uh and I know he. I did some conversion for the uh, MM1 for it or something. Our machine, and uh, I don't think he ever gave me a final version. So what I worked, it ever came out. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a doable idea. We will return after these messages. Radio Shack Storewide Manager's Red Tag Sale is on now. We've slashed prices 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%. Save on famous Radio Shack Hi-Fi, car stereo, radios, toys, TV games, calculators, walkie-talkies, and CB radios. Look for the big red tag. Save like never before on these and literally hundreds of red tag specials. Hurry into Radio Shack today. Hey guys, Stevie Stroh here. And if you're a fan of vintage computing and retro gaming, you're going to love our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. Featuring hand-drawn custom designs and pixel art by Instagram artist Joel M. Adams. We've got the brand new official Coco Talk t-shirt, I'm a Coconut t-shirt, and all kinds of other cool video game and arcade related artwork. Check out 8bit256.com for all your retro swag needs today. Hey, this is Bruce Moore, author of Force of Doom, and you're watching the original gamer, Stevie Stroke. Does anybody know who printed the, this Coco case that was available at the auction? Somebody in the live chat is asking about this. I don't know who printed it. I think uh, Glenn Hewitt, Hewitt 
okay. uh, designed it. Okay. Glenn Hewlett, and he was there. He was at the yes. he was at the event. Okay, yeah, is this available no. on that Thingverse you were talking about, John? Yes. And okay. uh, I'm actually going to download and, and print one just to see how it prints on my machine at some point in time. Yeah. But, so uh, is that Thingverse.com? I, it's, it's, I think it's Thingiverse or something like oh, that. Thing, Thingiverse, search. okay. Yeah, you do okay. a search, you'll find it. So if okay. you have a 3D printer, there's uh, a few items up there for the Cocoa. Thing, okay, it's, it's thing, uh, thing Iverse. Thing Iverse. Okay. So T H I N G I V. Okay. Um, let, me, let me put that in the chat too for the people watching on YouTube. Um, and so, you know, I would, you know, kind of want to make it known I'm not the only one who designs, you know, 3D printed products for the Coco. Okay. There's some guys making some great designs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I don't even remember right now. Uh, I was going to say something. Must not have been that important. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who else is in the chat right now? Okay, so where can we get the file for? The, okay, so some. Oh, here we go. Somebody else was asking. Oh, the, did Rick Adams give a presentation? And where can I find that presentation? Well, um, just just so you guys know, it, I put a page on my website. My website is called ogstevestro.com. I'll also put that in the YouTube chat. And I threw together a Cocoa Fest page that has links to everything. So um, let me just put that in chat real quick too. So ogstvstro.com, um, click on Cocoa Fest. Yeah, so I put together a page that has a link to the playlist. On my homepage, there's a playlist that's got all of my different YouTube videos. There's a playlist for Cocoa Fest 26, and it has all of the previous um, events and live streams. Now, I've got to do a little bit of cleanup on those and I've got to do some better describing them. So it probably says something like Saturday part one. And so basically right now they just say Saturday part one, part two, part three, part four, and there's descriptions in there saying who spoke at what times. I will get, when my time permits, better at, at describing each video as far as the title of the video and everything else. And then hopefully a week from now I'll have re-edited videos that include very legible, clean slides that you can read as well. But in the meantime, for those of you who missed Rick Adams' presentation or anybody else's, there was, you know, a dozen different presentations. They're all available on my YouTube page that you're watching right now. So just check that out when this is over. Um, you can you can get all of those. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not a webmaster, but I'm trying to do simple little things to make it easy for people. Whenever we can spoon feed people Cocoa Access, I'll be happy to do that. So. <laughs> And, Actually, both uh, chats are going pretty good at the moment. Oh yeah, I'm not even I'm not watching the other chat in Skype because then it would make my video windows even smaller. So I'm trying to keep everybody's window um, fair and balanced here right now. Um, our next big event now is going to be Tandy Assembly, and we're you know we're six months away from that, and I'm really looking forward to that. I'm definitely going to try to make that event as well. This is going to definitely hopefully help cure the Coco Fest blues a little bit. So instead of having that geek out time, that camaraderie time only once a year, now we've got that time twice a year. So um, I know there's there's already questions about that, John, and I know it's probably too soon to know too much, but you do have a website out there, which is tandyassembly.com. Um, we have the date, we have the location, as far as who's gonna be speaking and everything else, some of that's still to be determined, correct? I'm sorry, you kind of broke up. I was also chuckling looking at 
Mark Overhaul. Oh, his cat. Yeah. He, has, he has a Cheshire cat that just kind of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Coco Cat. Ma- live. Ma- yeah, materializes. Um, yeah, I was going to say. So Tandy Assembly now <laughs> is is um, six months away, and yep. we we have the website tandyassembly.com. We know the location, we know the date, we know the time, but a few things are probably still to be determined as far as what the speaker lineup's going to be, what the exhibitor right. costs are, what the event cost is, things like that, correct? Right. So, you know, we've, we've kind of done some preliminary stuff, but uh, we haven't got too deeply involved because of, you know, it's basically two teams of people involved that, that, that have come together. It's the Coco Crew podcast and the Trash TR-80 Trash Talk uh, podcast. And uh, so obviously the Coco folks were a little distracted with Coco Fest coming up. Um, you know, this is we, we don't want Tandy Assembly to replace Coco Fest by any means. We totally want a new event. Um, you know, that's that's our six months you know, later in the year event. But uh, two, we you know we want two yearly events, not just one. So right. just to be clear, we are not trying to replace Coco Fest. We we want a separate event. Um, but so anyway, yeah, we do have a couple of um, keynote people lined up. Uh, uh, we've got, um, uh, gosh, they're, they're um, I can't think of it. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I will pull up the website. Hold on one second. See, so yeah. um, right now our current speaker, whoops, exhibitor's schedule. Uh, Don French, the TRS-80 story. Yeah, so we've got Don French, um, who's, uh, you know, one of the pioneers of, Obviously, on the Z80 side uh, of Tandy, uh, the other the Sunday uh, keynote is uh, supposed to be Scott Adams um, of the Scott Adams Adventure. Uh, oh wow! Adventure International. Yeah, Adventure International. Um, and so, um, so you know, he's not on the website yet, but he is confirmed, is my understanding. So, so we've got those two. Um, we're a little light on cocoa content. So that that kind of concerns me, but. Uh, I'm hoping that we'll at least make up for that with with individual exhibitors, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but uh, certainly, Coco content is definitely welcome. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not a C80 event; it's a Tandy event; it's a Coco event. Um, um, but yeah, so you know, things that we're missing the specifics, well, we just don't have the specifics. You know, it, it's um, certainly we have some influence from Coco Fest. We'd like laid out. We have a, a number of years of going to Coco Fest, um, but you know I expect there'll be things that come out differently too. So it kind of depends on who shows up, up and what they want. Um, but you know we plan to have exhibits and we hope to have speakers and mm-hmm. um, we're hoping to have an auction. Although I'm not sure the laws of the state of Ohio are compatible with that, um, so we have to figure that one out. Okay, <laughs> but. Uh, um, you know, it'll be an event. It'll be. We hope it's similar to Coco Fest in some ways and different in mm-hmm. others. Sure. And, sure. Well, uh, so John, it's more of the get. get sure. Uh, I'm planning on being there, and if you want, I'll commit to a seminar. Okay, that's good. Um, so, so like I said, we're um, we're gonna have to uh, get some get some. Um, people lined up and, and see who shows up and what they want to talk about and i mean that that aspect of it being like an art show <laughs> no, I'm, I'm definitely hoping for that um so on the z80 side we've got peter satinsky and, and randy kindig from from the trash talk podcast i know peter in particular has done a lot of cool projects 
um, making the, the Model 1 and Model 3 do crazy things. Um, and so I'm sure he'll have a good show, a good a good uh, uh, exhibit lined up, and we're hoping they'll bring in some folks um, to, to show some cool stuff. And, um, you know, like I said, we're going to Chillicothe. Um, it's kind of... It's kind of a little bit isolated in some ways. It, it's a, it's a, it's not in the middle of nowhere by itself, but it's kind of near there. <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of like going somewhere, but it's kind of a lot of nowhere around it. Um, but that's cool. It's it's just a nice American little town, and and um, there are places to go and eat, and there's plenty of hotels, and there are some local attractions related to um, you know Native American stuff. Um, but uh, some of those, I'm not sure if they'll still be open by the time we get to October. But you may want to do some research into that. Um, but anyway, you know, we're hoping there'll be enough people to show up that uh, to make it worthwhile, and that's all that really matters to, to us. Is it's kind of like you know, kind of like Glenside's got their you know last Coca Fest thing. You know, it's it's more like you know as long as it stays worthwhile to us, we'll, we'll try to keep having it. And um, mm-hmm. just a matter of how many people show up and how good a time do we have. <laughs> Finances, I don't think, are a big deal because uh, you know it's the room's not that expensive, and um, you know we we're uh, we're doing okay on money. So um, we'll, we'll see how that turns out. But we want to see everybody there, and um, we're also hoping that. Being that just that little bit closer to the East Coast, we'll bring in a few folks that that um, just can't make it out to Chicago, but maybe they can make it out to uh, to Ohio. Um, bound to be a few people that could come out from Pittsburgh or um, you know different places up and down the Eastern Seaboard, and uh, you know come on and see us that's all. <laughs> yeah 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 i'm looking forward to it um yeah i sent you an email too i, I can't 100 percent confirm but if i if i am able to confirm and you need some time filled i'd be happy to talk about you know what i do with the coco on youtube and all that kind of stuff too if you if you need if you need time so um i definitely want to try to make it and i, I think it's great that we have another fest i'm, I'm hoping that because it's a, a broader spectrum a wider appeal that you know it's tandy it's not just coco um there might be a few more interested parties and there might be some people that are not interested in the coco at all that just wouldn't come to a coco fest if it was in their backyard and maybe they'll come to this because now it's more appealing to them because it's more you know tandy oriented it's, we're dealing with a lot of different systems um i'm gonna pull i'm gonna pull up that website again just real quick I'm, i mean i'm sure everybody's aware of this but when you look on the home page of tandy assembly which now has taken my my computer here a minute to pull up there's so many computers that uh, tandy made so um now it's technical difficulties here not showing up hello here we go so when we come down here i mean look at all these different models of tandies that we have here you know obviously there's our coco there's the model one ones there's a model threes there's the model fours there's the tandy 1000s there are pocket computers there was the model 100 one of the first portable computers obviously the the original trs80 model one there's the model two right there right the eight inch floppy ones there's so many different types of tandies that there's um and and there's more than one podcast you know i know i know i'm not alone if i and again nothing we're doing is for glory right but if i had to guess and i would have to say that the coco crew podcast was probably responsible for at least a dozen people showing up last year um that heard about it through 
through that podcast. So now that we have the Coco Crew podcast and hopefully Trash Talkers, and maybe even if Randy mentions this on floppy days and you mentioned too, maybe Retro Computing Roundtable, if you have two to three to four podcasts now plugging this event, um, hopefully that exposure and the interest will be enough to get people out there to where this won't be the first annual last Tandy assembly. <laughs> right, right. Um, so you also need to pencil in on your um, on your itinerary is the first annual Tandy Jam because I'm sure there's a lot of the uh, musicians who want to rock out again. So let's let's have yep. let's have our first annual Tandy assembly jam. Hopefully not the last. <laughs> well, I think we've got the room for the evening uh, yeah. Saturday. So okay. somebody might use it. Um, but yeah, no, we we we're hoping to reach out and find a, a center of of uh, Tandy 1000 folks, um, which uh, we're kind of missing at this point. Um, I know some of the Coco folks have a still have a latent animosity towards the Tandy 1000, um, mm. and hopefully that's uh, subsided by now through the years. But uh, um, so we're kind of missing that there's no Tandy 1000 podcast or anything. There, there's a Yahoo group, and I think they'll have some. Uh, there's a Facebook group too, and. Um, but yeah, there's a you know it's kind of a it sort of gets relegated as a PC retro gaming um, you know, kind of thing. But the Tandy 1000 had its separate audio and video hardware that mm-hmm. made it a of a special case. Yeah. So I'm hoping there'll be some some people that are interested in that. Um, I guess even some PC Junior folk could come out if they're sure. <laughs> sure. We'll let them. <laughs> but, um, they're but like yeah. the they're like the second cousins. We'll let them in. <laughs> yeah, like you said, there's the, the pocket computers, the model 100. Um, there's a uh, you know there's a few that that aren't even on there that uh, you know were were didn't last as long. Um, if you're a PDA person, you could bring your Tandy Zoomer if you want. Um, there's uh, something called the Tandy 10 that has been mentioned on the. Uh, on the the trash talk podcast that I don't really know anything about, but if you've got one, we'd love for you to bring it. Um, Show us your tandies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, that's um, like I say, it's a good group of guys. Um, Peter and, and uh, Randy are good guys, and uh, of course, mm-hmm. you know the, the Coco side is uh, you know me, Neil, and, and Mike. I like the picture with Mike looking over the shoulder there. That's cool. <laughs> Photo just for those who for those who care we are <laughs> experimenting a bit with a, a new logo trying to find one that in, that incorporates mike uh, um, uh boise put together one that's sort of a spoof on the three amigos uh, okay people. that's cool <laughs> um but i've kind of poo-pooed that one because it's not very colorful ah so, um and so we actually were joking that maybe we should just take a picture of mike Wearing his Coco Crew uh, T-shirt. There you go. The, that's that's the three of you right there. Yeah, yeah. All three of us together. <laughs> um, so we'll see about that. But we'll probably will have a new logo before too long. Yeah. We'll just uh, figure it out yet. Hey John, I was wondering, like, we actually had more of a, a the TRS eighty, you know, black and white model at Coco Fest this year. How how was their reaction to the being part of the fest this year? Well, they didn't surely show up. <laughs> Peter was supposed to come, and he had a, some kind of family emergency. Um, we didn't really see any other new folks that, that were the, the Z80 folks or, or uh, the, at Cocoa Fest this year. I don't know if they just didn't get the word out or if if we, you know, maybe they already heard a Tandy assembly and just only were planning to come to that. I hope at least they're planning to come to that. 
Um, but yeah, I think um, I think part, that was part of the mis uh, misestimate on the on the dinner um, at Coca Fest was they were they're kind of uh, uh, anticipating a, a a big bump of of Z80 folks showing up that, mm. that didn't realize. Um, you okay over there? So I don't know. We'll hope. Uh, hopefully, see a few more at at Tandy Assembly at least, and maybe yeah. maybe we'll take some of those back to Cocoa Fest next year. Yeah, because I did see we we had some more tiers AD you know set up. We had the chess thing that Richard Bear did, and then there was another one that was playing Frogger and some other games too. So there was definitely more of a hardware presence. But I didn't know who you know from the actual group yeah. that came by. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see the Frogger one, so I'm not sure who did that one. Rich Bear, of course, has always been a Cocoa person, and. He- he just was trying to do that as a as an outreach to to incorporate the TRS-80, and uh, you know he uh, he ended up donating that to the auction, and I uh, spent uh, <laughs> more money than than the sane person should on that. But, yeah, uh, that's a nice little machine, though. <laughs> and the other auctioneer that was alternating with Tony, he's from the TRS-80 group too, isn't he? Well, he's uh, from the VCF Midwest. Oh, okay. Uh, so. Um, so I mean, he's kind of got a gen- more general interest, I think. Mm. He seemed pretty knowledgeable, though, on uh, TRS-80 stuff for sure. Yeah, he, he seems to know some stuff. I don't know really what his background is, but uh, yeah. he did a really good job. I was impressed. Yeah, he did very well. He doesn't have a impressed. different style. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> I'm sure it was just nice to give Tony a break. You know. <laughs> That's got to be exhausting. It's exa- it's exhausting just sitting through it. I can't imagine standing there and holding everything up and looking up the serial numbers of everything. Yeah. <laughs> I was holding him to hold, uh, hold up the Tandy 2000 there and, and give us a serial number, but he, I don't think he did. Yeah, no. so. yeah, if I, I bought any of that stuff, I, the plane would not take off. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, you think I don't go to that auction much? <laughs> I don't thing. have room for the stuff I'd like to take home. That's another thing I'd like to see Glenside organize as an actual uh, shipping service. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that would be great. Because, again, that's uh, if you took credit cards and if you offered to ship it, obviously you got to pay for the shipping. Somebody's going to pack it and ship it. But just think of how many more things you could sell. I would have bought that CM8. My credit card would be mixed out. <laughs> yeah. Um, Matt Witt says, I welcome all your PC Junior jokes. Michael Brandt says, don't forget about the Tandy Multimedia PCs, the MM PCs. There's, um, yeah, Michael Brandt just posted a picture. I think somebody else mentioned this too. It's these the speaker setup that fits right underneath your monitor. So you've got your little speaker dock and all the little buttons to push and turn things on and off. Call, call, talk, turn after these messages. Radio Shack has a great gift idea for the whole family. Fast action TV games, and they're on sale. Get this six-game model for $29.95 or the four-game model for $21.95. With rising entertainment costs, that's a real bargain. You play hockey, tennis, squash, and more. Easy to hook up and great family fun that last all year long. The sale price TV games. Only at Radio Shack. A Tandy Company. Tandy Assembly. Tandy Assembly is about Radio Shack and Tandy Computers. Tandy Assembly is about interacting. Tandy Assembly is about people. Tandy Assembly is about fun. 
first gathering of its kind. Computers of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. All Radio Shack and Tandy makes and models. Join Join us. us. Don't miss Tandy Assembly. In Chillicothe, Ohio. October 7th and 8th. Whether you're near or far. Tandy Assembly is for everyone. Visit our webpage at www.tandyassembly.com. Tandy Assembly. Hello, my name is Grant Lady, and I watched the original gamer, Stevie Stroke. He just posted a picture of those. Um, yeah. Some Somebody put a comment on, on the mailing list yesterday about how the mailing list has reached, uh, you know, 300 members and how the Facebook groups reached 1,500 members. And then, of course, somebody put a snarky comment showing a YouTube video of the lemmings jumping off the cliff. Um, but... Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's another great divide between the list and Facebook, but um, I, I mean, I think that's that's a that's an impressive number on both sides. If you've got 300 or more people on a mailing list, a very um, monochromatic mailing list, and then you've got 1,500 people on Facebook where you have you know like color, sound, photographs, all these newfangled things the kids are doing these days. Um, it's pretty impressive that there's 1,500 people in that group, even if they're not all active, that you have that many people there. And then you get you know close to 100 of those people to come out once a year. It's still a good testament to the passion of the community, you know? Mm-hmm. Does uh, Glenside participate in the, uh, that, the Vintage Computer um, Conference coming up here, I think, in September? That's we. Um, they they had a contingent last year. Um, you know, I assume they will again. Yeah, I think John Mark Mobley had a had a display, and uh, I seen Tony, uh, Rich, and I don't know who else that was there too. At some point. <clears throat> so I mean, VCF Midwest is what led us to the Heron Point uh, location. And if we change locations, we'll probably go to the same place that VCF Midwest has been the past couple of years and probably will be this year. So there is an association between, you know, the two groups, uh, at at least informally, um, you know, to each other. Let's put it that way. Yeah, there's there's a there's no shortage of events. When you listen to the news uh, and the events on the podcast, there's it seems like there's events year round. I wish I had the time and the money to to visit them all. I'd love to go on tour. I'd love to be a traveling geek and just go to every one of these freaking nerd fests. You know, it's just there's there's <laughs> there's so many of them. Um, the Southern Fried Gaming Expo sounds like one that'd be kind of cool. It's like up my alley and it's closer to me. I want to definitely try to make one of those one of these years. Um, the the one that you guys just went to in New Jersey that's a little bit closer and more convenient for me as well. So, um, you know, there's there's no shortage of these things. Uh, I know that there's a huge difference in price too. Like when we when we were talking about that, you know, what does it cost to get a table for Cocoa Fest? It's not a lot, but on some of these other festivals, if you want to get a table, now you're looking at easily a couple hundred dollars or more to get a table, and then it almost becomes like, well, crap. You know, now I got to try to sell something just to pay for the table if it's two hundred dollars right. for the table. You know, I mean, a forty dollar table—it's a cheap date to be able to sit down for two days, um, or twenty dollars, whatever it is right now. You know, so I've been kind of thinking about going to those Kansas fest since I live here in Kansas City. So yeah, I've heard some uh, really good things about that fest. Is that the Apple one? Yes. Yeah. And I think it's also Commodore. Is what I heard on. Uh, 
on the podcast as well. No, but there's uh, like Atari people that show up. Um, what's the guy that does? Uh, yeah. um, lives in Portland, Oregon. Kevin Savitz. Yeah, Kevin Savitz. <laughs> Yeah, but I need a cocoa present at that one. <laughs> yeah, well, I went a couple of years ago. It's a nice event. Um, it is. Uh, it's an Apple event, you know, but uh, you, you spend five days in the dorm and talk about it's Apple stuff. But it's pretty cool. You know, they do a, a fairly technical level of presentation and talk about different things. Um, they've got a game engine that's under development that um, even has its own custom language <laughs> that they're developing to do. Um, you know, adventure games, and someone else did one that um, did an in-depth expose on the the uh, the Apple Mouse, the original M zero one hundred Macintosh mouse. You know, the nine pin connector and the one button. Wow. And he went through and and he had like fifty examples of this, and so was well, in this one here. You can see that the serial number is M D one zero zero instead of M one zero zero. Like they miss this one, a little bit different of the button, and <laughs> wow, it's pretty neat. Wow, but, uh, it's a good event if you if you don't you know if you don't get appled out. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you like Apple stuff, it's a good event. Um, and uh, if you want to go this year, you better go ahead and sign up because they do have a 100 person limit this year. Oh which wow, they have not enforced a limit previously. Um, I don't know if they ever were in danger of going over 100 anyway. Uh, but this year, they consider themselves in danger of going over 100, and that's their their limit, at least okay. for... 60 to 70 to be the pre-tip. <laughs> that's pretty good, though, too. 60 to 70 people getting together, because you said it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a camp, right? You're there yeah. for five days. That's pretty intense. I don't know. I could take five the days dorm, worth of apple. Sleep in the dorm. <laughs> go and uh, eat in the in the uh, college cafeteria, and uh, hang out. They do some little field trips to the local arcades, or they usually go see some kind of you know new sci-fi movie release or whatever during the week. Oh, well. <laughs> hey, if I could just interject something here. There was some chat um, at the fest about like possibly partnering with VCF. And I know there are a number of opinions thrown around about that being maybe good and maybe not. And I don't know what, wonder what you guys, do you guys think about that? Either closely integrated or, not if you did it at the same time and just kind of rented space together or something, if that could help somehow. Well, I'm not sure if there's enough location space that where they're doing that to to handle the Cocoa Fest on top of there. Uh, it seemed like, well, there is another set of rooms I didn't get to see that was was there, so there might be. Uh, but uh, things were going on in those, so we couldn't see the size of them. So there's a possibility there might be enough space. I think that'd be one of the big issues is space size. Um, Traditionally, the Cocoa Fest, Rainbow Fest, has been kind of a springish type time frame, and whether you want to change the time frames on them, because somebody would would have to move on the time frame, or both probably to do that. If you only had one room to do speaking into, that would really bite into the speaking schedules, unless you just made it a, 
you know, 12 hour day talks. Um, Cause even with ours, it looked like, you know, every now and then there was a little bit of time slippage and leakage where we were trying to, you know, bump into one talk and things like that. So unless there were different rooms, you could have different talks in different rooms. And then, um, you know, I mean, it, it seems like it's definitely, there's, there are some, I would, I would say there'd be some advantages to, you know, economy of scale, having more people going in on, on one physical building. But I think there's some of the logistical challenge might also be counterproductive too, but that's- Yeah, well, that, wasn't there talk of a, of a really big room and like using a divider across the middle or so, or was that something else, something else? Well, that's why we've got Vertandi Assembly is a really big room that can be subdivided three ways. We're probably going to have uh, a third of it set aside for talks. I believe that discussion was for if we couldn't get the uh, uh, Lombard location for next year, that they might move it to uh, the, the other location where the uh, where the other conference is at. Up in, mm -hmm. I think it's in Elk Grove at that Holiday Inn. Yeah, that would be, that's the location of ECF Midwest is at now. And so if we move, that's probably where we're going. But not at the same time. Okay, <laughs> at the same time. I'm talking about, for those of you who have not been in the group continuously, uh, you know, we kind of joke about the last annual, but really the first few fests that was very, very serious about it is you know we we simply did not know if this was going to go on and now it's you know almost a given yes there has to be announcement kind of formality to it uh but you know we did the first one we didn't know there was going to be any other coco fest and the second you know it, it's kind of especially the first you know two or three years we just you know it was really up in the air, so it really fit. They were saying last annual, and then now it's just a tradition. Yeah, yeah. I did well, last. Hopefully not. Well, so far it doesn't look like it's been. It doesn't seem like it's an endangered species just yet, so that's a good thing. No, I mean attendance has gone up the last couple of years compared to the few years previous. Yeah. It sounds a bit so. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe we should just hold it in Canada next time. Maybe, you know, maybe yeah. yeah, there we go. Saskatchewan, Manitoba border around there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Flint Flon or something. I could probably find a spot. Yeah, I'm sure we could. And call it Maple Fest. <laughs> Willie won't have to drive so 25 hours to get there either. He'll be done in only like 15. So, oh, would <laughs> <laughs> be about 10 for me. Yep. Actually, you'd be closer than you're further east. So was there anything, uh, I think we've talked about our favorite things. Was there any not favorite thing about the fest? <laughs> without without poo-pooing on any person or anything else, was there anything that you, that you uh, walked away from and said, uh, I don't know. So maybe that's, well, maybe Bruce, that's a, maybe Bruce that's a bad question. <laughs> Bruce had mentioned one earlier that, that struck me is that there was a lot of you know, hardware and stuff on the table with no nothing ah, to yes. we didn't talk to the people and I'm yeah, guilty of that too. when I brought the no can 3 board I was fully intending and printing a little sign explaining it mm -hmm. I just didn't have time so I just kind of threw yeah, it out yeah, there yeah. hopefully somebody knew what it was yeah I think I think Brian Goers um, you know he had a couple of computers on his table 
um, with signs saying what they were and how much you wanted. And I think this was Sunday. There was a few people that showed up Sunday morning saying, you know, where is where is this person? I'm interested in this computer. And I didn't know where he was. I mean, I know Bruce wasn't always at his table either. Um, so it, there's the problem is, is that there's so much going on. It's hard to be in any one place at any given time. Uh, you almost need to have... Um, you know, like booth babes to attend your thing for you. So, <laughs> now well, Glenside, at the expense again. If Glenside provided booth babes, what a fest it would be, right? <laughs> yeah, well, we were joking about for Tandy Assembly um, that maybe we would uh, find a, a local sorority to uh, to hire for uh, <laughs> carrying uh, stuff in and out to, for yeah. setting up breaking down equipment community service uh, hours you could really play the old card too saying yeah, thank you for helping out us old men <laughs> yeah, exactly. but, I don't yeah, know, but you weren't I, getting anything done you know, have to, everybody have to see the, see the doctor about their hearts uh, make sure <laughs> Um, your doctor, Tandy Assembly is right for you. <laughs> Just make sure we have defibrillators on site. That's all. Defibrillator. Yeah. <laughs> Nitro pills. Be a cool project, right? If, if only, if only we had yeah. some young starlet from the Disney Channel to be our. Uh... <laughs> yeah, we can't afford Jeez. her. We'd have to drag, jack up our table prices uh, hundreds of dollars. Hello. Hello. So everybody heard my uh, airplane story, right? I don't know. Yeah. Which airplane story? <laughs> oh, the airplane coming in. Uh, they assigned a seat for me. They didn't ask me where I wanted to go, and uh, I didn't tell them. So they put me in the the back seat of the airplane, and right in between the uh, the couple with the screaming baby and the very loud <laughs> autistic man. Okay. So, so. Well, the, the couple with the, the screaming baby were very apologetic, and they said, you know, I'm sorry, I hope our baby isn't going to disturb you. And I said, well, I'm I'm a grandpa, I've seen it all. And and uh, the very loud autistic man was actually a very nice guy. So uh, uh, we got out of there the best of friends. But uh, it did remind me of the last time I did a keynote. Uh, I was in the, the rear row of the aircraft. So, so that was like, how ironic is this? <laughs> I was afraid he was going to say that sitting next to the autistic man on the way in just reminded him of being a Cocoa Fest. <laughs> oh, wow. Jeez. Oh, Lord. After these messages, we'll be right back. Fletcher, I don't need that report tomorrow. Great, JT. I need it tonight. But, J.T. Fletcher saved $300 on her office away from the office. Radio Shack's revolutionary Model 100 computer. It's a word processor, phone directory, and dialer. It even communicates with the office computer. Fletcher, how's that report? Fletcher. Radio Shack's Model 100. Save $300 and put it to work. You'll go far, Fletcher. <laughs> You'll go far. Hey guys, Original Gamer Stevie Stroh here, and when you're done with Coco Talk, if you gotta have more cowbell, then head on over to my YouTube channel for your share of gameplay goodness. There you will find over 1,300 family-friendly gameplay videos. Everything from the old school to the next gen, and over 200 color computer gameplay videos, as well as interviews and replays of Coco Talk. So if you need your share of gameplay goodness, then check out the Original Gamer Stevie Stroh on YouTube at youtube.com 
slash OG Stevie Strum. Hi, this is Rick Adams, and I'm the author of Temple of Rom and Shanghai, and you are watching Original Gamer Stevie Stroh. I actually had it pretty fortunate on some of the early Cocoa Fests. I had uh, a lot of help. I had people from the uh, local club volunteering to go up with me and help me mend the booths and made it easy to be able to leave the booth and keep it manned and, and do a seminar and such. And, of course, uh, my brother was the partner in uh, Strongware. And so we had we did pretty good to, to that until things slowed down and and uh, our club basically had disbanded and so on because it got so small. But uh, so, yeah, we have to leave the booth. You know, we just don't have enough people to yeah. do it. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, as a vendor, I'm quite aware of the time that I'm away from the booth for, for these things. Yeah, I, I wanted to spend a little bit more time. I think I definitely spent more time in the exhibitor area in general. I didn't spend a lot of time in my booth per se either, but it's almost like, I, number one, I don't want to miss any of these talks. And then number two, I don't want to make anybody feel like okay well why isn't anybody here i don't want anybody to feel like they're any less important or interesting than anybody else either so it's like i want to give everybody equal um presence too just of respect to the fact that they're up there speaking too so it's almost like my i would feel guilty for watching one person and not watch another you know <laughs> so um well, it, it is really challenging to, to manage the time and where you are and stuff and i greatly appreciated the, the streaming items and i haven't got to to check out the ones I had to miss because again I kind of feel bad missing the seminars because I know a lot of people did a lot of work well you, you just made me think of the one thing the one thing that I missed and um, and it must have happened quick and I, and I do want to try to defend this person because I didn't see it but there was a there was a, a presentation was it vintage is the new old dot com yeah, and there was a young yeah. guy speaking, and I did. I missed the whole thing because I, I think I went back and I came back, and by the time I got done, it was over, and I felt bad. And I, and I do remember seeing a few people leaving comments saying, "I don't know who this person is, but he's not really representing their website well," and things like that. It seemed like it was a young guy. He was probably very nervous to be up there too. And again, I didn't hear the I didn't hear the presentation, but I just wanted to say that you know, and I could definitely sympathize if somebody didn't feel comfortable speaking in front of a group of people so maybe it wasn't even a situation where i don't want to be here um maybe it seemed that way but maybe it was like i don't feel comfortable being up here and it just came across that way but i did miss that presentation and, and i haven't gone back and watched the stream but i just wanted to say to that person i'm you know i mean if you felt really uncomfortable i'm sorry that he did because i mean I think we're a pretty friendly group but you know I, I don't remember what that presentation was did anybody see that one yeah that, that was kirkwood right um, and like you said, he's a really young guy. Um, I think he just wasn't particularly comfortable. I'm not sure he had a lot of public speaking experience to begin with. So, um, so anyway, uh, just be forgiving and uh, thank yeah, God that yeah. he did speak. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we all have to have the first time to do public speaking. Yep. yep. He got his feet wet. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be easier next time because it was. I remember my first one. It was. It was terrible. <laughs> Some people say it hasn't improved over the years. But. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, uh, there's Bruce here. I've got a question for you yeah. guys. And this is just my first fest. But when I arrived, I was, um, I was surprised that 
this stuff was in two different rooms and a little disoriented, like having to leave. I was going to I was going to end up missing something. And I, I kind of had imagined it was going to be like this one big, long room and there's going to be uh, uh, people, someone down at one end speaking, giving presentations and, and you know, the rest of us you know, by the booth, still able to kind of catch on what was going on, or we could zip back to our booth or, you know, somehow catch it all at once. But has that ever been done and like failed spectacularly or, or no, I'm just, it's uh, been... come, come to Tandy assembly. That's what it'll be like. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it has been done. I think it's just the layout of this particular location. Makes yeah, it's it hard premium. to do that way. It's it may also be tradition too, because I mean, the Rainbow Fest—you had like six seminars going on simultaneously, all in separate rooms, because it was it was huge, and you had like you know five thousand people in the in the presentation area, so you couldn't do everything at once. So it might just be kind of a holdback, because Glenside's been involved since day one. And uh, no, it's not that much thinking involved. It's uh, <laughs> it, it's the venue. It's just the venue. Um, having the two the two rooms, you know, when we we had the one big room. Um, and that was more more like what you described in the old venue. Somebody would set up a screen in one, in, in one place and everybody would talk and a lot of people would listen from across the room. Um, but yeah, that's uh, something I don't really care that much for about the venue we've been using is the, the two rooms. Um, but it, it is kind of nice. You can split out the, the auction from and presentations. Um, it can be split out. There's things to be said. Um, it's just sort of Playing the cards that we're dealt. Yeah. I think the first year we were at this venue, they, they actually had people, they had some people set up in both rooms, and there was a lot of complaints about um, people missing stuff because, uh, you know, you'd be in one room and think you're seeing everything in that room, and <laughs> and then suddenly it's something else is happening in the other room. So it's just the way yeah. it's been split up. Yeah, that's kind of the venues there. You know, I, you know, Coco Fest, you know, we've been in some locations where we've had multiple rooms uh, and multiple seminars going on at the same time. And, you know, two or three, even the Coco Fest days, you know. Yeah. Uh, of course, not as big as what there was going on at the Rainbow Fest, but yeah, it's the venue based decision. Hmm. And attendance based, like you said, like the, the bigger the show, you can't do everything at once you'd never have time for all the seminars so right so i just want to throw out a question here to not only of us who are speaking now but to those of us who are watching us right now we have 14 people watching us right now some of those 14 might be some of us too but um uh so far this this weekly thing has worked out pretty well you know, we, to have the fact that we have, you know, all of us here speaking now and, you know, there's a dozen or so people watching us. Um, this seems like there's an appetite for this. I was wondering what the um, momentum is going to be like. Can we continue a weekly momentum? Um, we're just going to have to keep trying and see. I, th I think we can. Um, for those of you who are in the Skype call, you know, I started a shared Google document where we can start um, putting up topics. I think a great topic just came up that I think Curtis originally suggested, which which was why don't we have a uh, a newbie discussion or a non-technical discussion because maybe some people are intimidated by the highly technical nature of what's being discussed. I honestly don't know, you know, what you know the people who are watching what it is they're looking for. I think probably for the most part, like me, 
If anybody's talking anything about the cocoa, I want to hear it, even if I don't fully understand it. But I love that idea of the suggestion of the of the newbie talk and, and you know, people who don't know a lot want to ask questions and stuff. So I think we've definitely got at least a few more topics in us and I'm sure more topics will come up whenever I see something now on the mailing list that I think is interesting I'll add it to the discussion thing too because there's a bunch of stuff coming on there um, and, and then obviously there's the monthly podcast where we have at least one show of a month where we can just wrap up the podcast you know so I think we can easily carry this show on at least twice a month but I'd be curious about the people who are watching right now too how do you guys feel about this show going on um, you know, are you guys going to still want to watch it every week? And, and I've also had the idea and a few people have suggested that, um, you know, maybe we have a talk show that's not about Coco. That's just more general that maybe more people will want to watch as well or listen to, you know. So, I mean, I'm open to all these different suggestions, um, but I'm just kind of curious about the people who are here now speaking and the people watching what you think about the longevity of having this kind of format and what the frequency will end up being and things. Well, I think. You know, we've got enough people involved and different viewpoints and you have a very good possibility of this doing. You know, I know myself, you know, I can't always catch every one of them. And in fact, I like today, I was able to join a little bit, you know, and I joined late and mm -hmm. actually need to leave because I have some cocoa coating I need to do <laughs> and you get up set, set up for that. Uh, making some good progress on the music tools so but i think we have enough different people that we can keep a variety of things happening here and that'll keep the interest up to keep from being totally bored except for me when i'm talking <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know i might put them to sleep but you know the rest of you guys do pretty good and uh so I, I think you have a good possibility. The, the weekly, I would hold to that until, unless it decides, you know, becomes more reasonable to do it every two weeks or something. But uh, switching it on days back between Sunday and Saturday might be a good idea too, because not everybody can work it in on the same day. Right. And even if I can work it on one day and and that maybe the next week I can't. So. Okay. Uh, Bruce Moore here. Um, you know, maybe like I was just thinking at the uh, at Coco Fest. You know, people had various presentations. Maybe we could have occasionally have someone present something. You know, take the load off of Steve, and you could do that. Might be a way to. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one of them can be uh, an interview with the guy who made the new text adventure game that's in 34 years in the making. And <laughs> you know, whenever you say that, I think you're saying I think you're saying nude, and I catch nude. <laughs> no, that's that, that's the, that's the other guy. <laughs> Some people have big plans after school. You know what Elliot's going to do? Jeff, too. Elliot's at work on a book report using Scripsit on Radio Shack's Color Computer 3. It hooks up to his TV. And Jeff's at his Radio Shack Color Computer 3 playing the newest football game. But wait, what's Elliot doing playing new Super Pitfall? And Jeff's having a blast with a new math tutor. You never know what you might try with more than 100 programs for fun and learning. Radio Shack's Color Computer 3 comes with everything you see here. Other items each sold separately. Only at Radio Shack. At home, at the beach, in your car, at the shop, 
at the office. Anywhere you enjoy fine audio programming. It's North America's premier source for color computer news. The Coco Crew Podcast. This is John Linville. And Neil Blanchard. And we are the Coco Crew. I hope it's going to be a great show. Join John and Neil each month as they bring the latest news about the color computer, Dragon, MC10, and others. It's the Coco Crew Podcast. Visit www.cococrew.org and listen today. My name is Brendan Donahue, and you're watching the original gamer Stevie Stroh. Yeah, yeah, this could this could go on to be like once a week we talk about somebody talks about one of their projects and do, do the kind of a show and tell as well, mm-hmm. question and answer on the project. Yep, and people can do reviews of projects or reviews of things that they bought at the fest or bought you know mail order or whatever. There's there's a lot of topics. I don't think we'll run out. Right. And you know, I've actually considered doing you know uh, a follow up to the tools and such. Uh, especially the music tools, since mm-hmm. that is kind of uh, a new thing and stuff, and making some progress. But actually, uh, wanted to get some things playing, but I set wrote code last night, but I haven't, you know, entered it into the computer and stuff yet. Sometimes I just have to walk away from the computer to get a yeah. different mindset yeah. to to you know handle the issue because it kind of resets your brain. But uh, right, you right. know, there, there's some definitely some presentations that we can do uh, on some things. We'll focus. We've, uh, like Alan and I, we did the interview that I could go on one of something like one of these talks. And uh, I'm sure John Linville has some things he might want to be able to show instead of just share by voice. So I think there's a lot of options there that, that's available. That's why I think it'll work. Okay. And just for the record, if anybody's camera shy but still has something they'd like to present by voice, uh, feel free to contact me as well. <laughs> <laughs> for the podcast, the Coco Crew yeah. Podcast, the uh, the monthly Coco Fest now Tandy Assembly infomercials. <laughs> and and John, just you know, you guys need somebody to talk to, do something, you know, need to fill some time. Let me know. I'm always you know, willing to, to help out. <laughs> cool. there, seems, there seems to be no shortage of people willing to fill time for you, John. <laughs> yeah. so. Of course, I don't guarantee that your, your listening numbers might not take it, might take a hit. <laughs> <laughs> Why did our podcast only get 50 viewers this month? Viewers <laughs> of 300 or more. Uh. Yeah, that's impressive that you guys are getting a thousand um, downloads every month. You know, on the podcast, that's that's got to be a res- that's that's very respectable. Yeah, it's it's uh, closer to fifteen hundred oh, usually, wow. uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, uh, quite impressive. It. <laughs> yeah, it's a great show. It's a great show that's gotten better with time. So that's good. All right, guys. You think we've done? Think we've done a good enough job uh, beating this one for now? The Coco Fest wrap up. We'll save some stuff for next week. Indeed. Okay. Yep. And um, I want to thank everybody who's been watching right now. 
Um, and thank everybody who was here. Took time out of your weekend. Definitely appreciate it. I like I like the time slot where we're done before dinner. I don't like uh, soaking into supper time. <laughs> you won't like after lunch here. Yeah, don't yeah. don't make me hungry. You won't like me when I'm hungry. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, geez, like it's only two <laughs> <laughs> We don't need a hangry video cast right now, right? A bunch of hangry people on here. So. Um, uh, Matt Witt says, regarding the various new audio devices available, could we see something retrofitting music on existing titles? That's an interesting thing. I'm not sure how easy it's going to be to retrofit without modifying the code. Wouldn't you have to disassemble it to do that? Yeah. yeah. Well, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> oh, but, but, it's but been done you, before, not a big deal. Yeah, like Curtis is like, yeah, but so. <laughs> Curtis, same here. <laughs> Curtis and I actually had a conversation uh, on that. Uh, at the fest one night, so uh, with Alan uh, too. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we we were t talking to what might be able to be done, and in particularly, it might be easier to do uh, on OS nine. And, yeah, it's uh, it's designed to have drivers that abstract. Ah, out, then so you just redirect a driver to a new device. You add a driver, and then all your sound commands go to the new cards. So there you go. Yeah. You'll have to add some extensions to multi voice and things, but at least you can get some yeah. better sound off the start. If I can find where they hide that source code. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I that it was supposed to be on sourceforge.net, but I downloaded what I could do, and I haven't seen it in any of the zip files. So maybe I'm looking in the wrong place, or maybe I have to actually have CVS to actually. Uh, Back, don't know anybody anything about OS nine. Those are the serious Coco listeners, right? What was that discussion? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, interbank incident. They're saying that'd be good to get interbank incident um, hacked to do, do some better sound. I don't know if it does sound. It just does speech, right? I, I don't believe know. so. I haven't played it in a while. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it so just Curtis, does a little speech. Yeah, kind of. If you've got some links or something or, or some of that source for the sound, you point me to so I can look at it. Yeah, I, I've been too busy with work catch up. I haven't had a chance to even set my cocoa back up yet. So, but I'll uh, I'll get onto that probably later this week. Find that yeah. stuff, and then also get some other stuff. Like I have some source kicking around too. Yeah, so give me a look at. I've uh, I've got some cool ideas on how to implement some things for that. Do do but, either uh, of their current sound chips right now support speech synthesis as well, or is it just music synthesis? Just music. Well, I wouldn't say just music. Music and sound effects. Yeah, it does yeah, have but, noise, but, noise but, channel. But, but so, but the ability to uh, rewrite um, the interbank incident, for example, which is OS nine, to go to a different speech card that's not the speech sound sound pack. There, there are no third party speech synthesizers out there right now. No, um, you know, I haven't seen anything, and I really haven't looked at anything in that direction. And, uh, yeah, it would have to be a rewrite because there's not, you know, system calls for the, mm. the speech, where, while there is some system calls for sound. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah. Unless they wrote a spatial driver for that, and I haven't. There was haven't an SSPAC driver, I think, that did support speech. There was, yeah. One. yeah. Okay. wasn't okay. very good, but it did work. Yeah. What is the deal with the interbank incident? Does that not work on a Cocoa 3, or is it just not the artifacts, or is there other compatibility issues with it? 
Is this somebody was mentioning that in chat before, saying it'd be nice to have a patched version of Interbank Incident. I'm not sure if they're talking about just. Well, I think it supports RGB oh. monitors already, doesn't it? Yeah, it does actually run on a, a Coco Three. It just doesn't support all the extra the artifacts. That, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I haven't tried it in a while, so. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate everybody being here this week. I appreciate everybody who came out to Coco Fest, all our speakers and presenters and exhibitors. I enjoyed it. It was a great weekend. It was great to see everybody. You know, um, Curtis and I kind of knew each other through Skype, and then we met in person at Coco Fest for the first time last year. David Ladd, I kind of met for the first time at Coco Fest last year, and we've become gaming buddies since then. So we play a lot of PC games and Xbox games together, you know. So that camaraderie, uh, I definitely think, exists all year round. It's always better to hang out and with people in person, but I, I don't think there's ever a lack of sense of community spirit and Coco spirit. And I'm definitely looking forward to more in-person real-life events where we can get together and geek out in person because that's always the best part, really. For me, Coco Fest is about being with Cocoa Nuts, you know, hanging out and listening to everybody geek out on whatever it is they're geeking out on. You know, it's cool stuff. And I can't wait to do it again. <laughs> so I guess until then, we'll have to wait to at least next week for another geek talk and then another podcast. And then all this will be leading up to Tandy Assembly. So I've already updated my thumbnail for this show now. So now it's not just about Cocoa Fest. It's also about Tandy Assembly. So we'll be plugging Tandy Assembly every week for the next, uh, what's six months times four, 24 weeks. All right. We got a lot of plugging to do. So we'll do it. I did that math in my head pretty quick there, too. It's pretty impressed. So. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank you, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you all next time. I'll see you. Take Goodbye. care, everybody. Coco forever. Coco forever. Thanks for listening to another episode of Coco Talk. We certainly hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, why not check us out on the web at cocotalk.live, where you can watch video replays of all of our live episodes, as well as send us feedback and suggestions for the show. We'd certainly love to hear from you. Until next week, I'm the original gamer, Stevie Stroh. Keep on cocoing. Coco forever. Have a Coco day, and bye-bye, everybody. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's me. It's the original gamer, Stevie Stroh. You know, gameplay goodness. To get your very own Gameplay Goodness DVDs featuring color computer games played by the original gamer Stevie Stroh, visit 8bit256.com and grab yourself a Coco Gaming DVD today. That's 8bit256.com for all of your Gameplay Goodness needs. This is how we like to do it. Gameplay Goodness. All right, people.